Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone happy monday and welcome to the opening drive on 101 espn in st louis where it's seven o'clock your time check brought to you by clarkson jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler with brooke grimsley and matthew rocky i'm randy Carricker. great to have you with us on super bowl monday good morning brooke how you doing good morning you're very excited even though your guy his team didn't win the super bowl but your guy juan jennings would have been the mvp <laughs> if his kicker could kick a uh, could hit a an extra point super bowl by the way is over the chiefs did beat the did. niners if you had to go to bed early it went to overtime and the chiefs won it by a score of 25-22 in ot but brooke is beaming about a guy from her hometown juan jennings i tweeted out last night because I was at a Super Bowl party for the first half, at least, because I went home after watching the halftime performance, which we'll get into all of that. But I went home after halftime just to do the rest of my show prep and watch the rest of the game. But Juwan Jennings is from my hometown. And I tweeted this out, Randy, me resisting the urge. It was a meme of somebody just holding back me resisting the urge to not mention a thousand times that Juwan Jennings is from my hometown. He played at Blackman (laughs) High School. It's actually the high school that David Price went to. And so we... You know, I had a little bit of a rooting interest, but in general, Randy, I'm not a fan of either one of these teams, but I can't doubt the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Whether you like him or not, he's kind of turned into that Tom Brady villain-esque. Can I start with something? If you don't like Patrick Mahomes, you have hate in your heart. Go ahead. (laughs) I I agree with you, Randy. Look, I agree with you. Well, Randy, a lot of people don't like Patrick Mahomes. If you're a 49er fan, I get it, maybe. But he's a great guy who does everything right. He never gets in trouble. He, he does unbelievable things for his community. I think people don't yeah. like his family that much, is what I've gathered. They don't like his brother. They don't him. like the whole Taylor Swift thing, which I know that's not exactly directly related to him. I don't think they like a lot of the other fanfare around him. But also then they I, don't like him because he's really freaking good. And I would say they have hate in their heart. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. It, it takes all kinds. It does. World. It does. But... We are witnessing greatness with mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. What what do he do? How can you not like him? One, because he just leaves it all out there on the field. And what he's able to do over and over again, you have to respect it. They have a dynasty that they're yep. building now. For the third time, he, Mahomes, You don't like that? You don't the like Super the dynasty MVP. talk? No, it's, uh, we just got a text and it's uh, from the 314. 49ers fan, I absolutely have hate in my heart. <laughs> See, Fair. There, there you Fair go. Enough. I, I gave that caveat. If you're a 49er fan, it, it's probably a little bit different for you. It was a 10-3 game at halftime. Uh, and you maybe were just trying to switch things up a little bit when you left that Super Bowl party at halftime. But things opened up a little bit in the third quarter. Harrison Butker set a Super Bowl record with a 57-yard field goal, 501 in, or with 501 left in the third quarter to make it a 10-6 game. And then the 
Chiefs finally got their first touchdown of the night with 2.28 left in the third. 16 of San Francisco, Mahomes in the gun, first and 10. Packers on, throws in zone, caught, touchdown! Backpedaling, two-handed grab, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and the Chiefs on a 16-yard touchdown pass have taken their first lead in Super Bowl 58. Harrison Butker hit the extra point. It was 13-10 at the end of the third. With 11-22 left in the fourth, Brock Purdy and the 49ers responded. Purdy is in the gun for the Niners. Four-man front for the Chiefs. McCaffrey off his left hip. Low shotgun snap. Lang fly throw. Caught at the five. Between breaking the tackle. Jennings. Goal line. Twisting. Touchdown. San Francisco. There's a recapture the lead in the fourth quarter in Super Bowl 58. And then the play of the game, Jake Moody missed the extra point, and it remained a 16-13 game. Harrison Butker with a 24-yard field goal, 16-16. Moody with a 53-yarder, 19-16 in favor of San Francisco. Back with three seconds left comes Butker to hit a field goal to make it 19-19 and send us to overtime. 7.22 left in overtime in the first overtime quarter. It's 22-19 after a Jake Moody 27-yard field goal. So the, the Chiefs get one opportunity to either tie the game or win the game. And Mahomes does everything. He throws and he runs to set up what would be Third good. down, less than a yard, in the gun is the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, a knee-high shotgun snap. Runs up the middle on the quarterback draw the 30. Broke a tackle, 25-20. Down the middle he goes inside the hash mark at the 15. Finally tackled at the 13. A burst, a run, and a big-time play by Patrick Mahomes. Running for 19 to the 13 of San Francisco. Kevin Harlan with the call. Isaiah Pacheco would carry it down to the three-yard line. And on the final play of the game, it was Mahomes one more time. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front. Receiver in motion. Low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught. Touchdown. It's caught. Harden caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties. Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champion. It is a dynasty. It is a dynasty. 13 plays, 75 yards. It took 7 minutes and 18 seconds for that championship, literally a championship drive for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And as Kevin Harlan said, their third in five years, their fourth title overall. And yeah, three in five years, that's a, a, a dynasty, Brooke. To me, it is a dynasty, especially with what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He, We are witnessing greatness, and I think that that shouldn't be taken lightly. What happened there at the end is greatness. That's something that makes a huge difference where you're talking about him being one of the greatest of all time. Where do you put him in that category now, Randy? Is he now in your top three of quarterbacks? Oh, yeah. Because he still has time. He's 28 years old. For me, he's right there in my top one. Uh, there, There is no suspicion of anything untoward like there was with Brady's career. And oh, by the way, Brady's career was seven, eight years in before mm-hmm. there was any suspicion of them cheating. But the fact of the matter is he did have... He had abilities, Brady did, to take advantage of the defense with what Bill Belichick was doing that other quarterbacks don't have. And you, you can't do it now because what they did, what what New England did, because the linebacker has uh, helmet uh, 
speaker and, and things like that. But in terms of just having the combination of throwing ability, he's the best thrower I've ever seen, with the escape ability, the ability to run the ball on a third and one or a fourth and one, I have been watching for more than 50 years, and I have not seen anybody better than Patrick Mahomes at that position. To me, his legs were critical in the second half. His mobility, what he was able to show off, he picked up 66 yards on the ground. But, Randy, I know that Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so, he's going to get a lot of credit today. Everybody's going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes. We have to talk about the others, in my opinion. You have to talk about the Chiefs' defense. Mm -hmm. They, once again, they were great all season, top five defense. And what they were able to do in that game last night, they deserve a lot of credit. But also, you have to give credit to the other guys. MVS, what he was able to do, that touchdown in the first half, that was his first touchdown of the game. And then you had McCole Hardman coming up big in the game. And you even had a guy like Justin Watson with a couple of third down conversions and Harrison Bucker with 13 points overall. He was four for four on field goals. And those are just the other things that show you it does still go back to Patrick Mahomes because the way that he's able to really build his guys up, make others around him better. And it also shows the trust. But those others get a lot, should get a lot of credit too. And the Chiefs' special teams coach Dave Taub was the strength coach at Mizzou when Andy Reid was at the University of Missouri. They get the recovery on the the ball that goes off of the foot of a 49er player to set up their first touchdown, and Mahomes throws a touchdown pass to MVS on the first play after that play, and then they have the the, the blocked extra point, which wound up being the difference in the game. San Francisco wins in regulation if they don't block that extra point. And then Butker in the kicking game were sensational. Special teams were huge for Kansas City as well. Here's Mahomes on the game-winning drive. Really, just the whole game was uh, just kind of our whole, our whole entire season. It was the defense just keeping us in there, um, and then the offense making plays when it counted. And then, of course, Harrison Bucker hitting from about 70. So it's um, it was a microcosm of our whole season. I'm just proud of the guys. They kept believing. Um, and, I'm, and I'm proud of the coaches for calling up those plays. They got us some touchdowns there at the end. You know, you go on and win the championship, being the underdog the last three games in the playoffs. Maybe a lesson learned for everybody else out there in the future. Yeah, just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. <laughs> they never no. are. No. no. You have to like his personality, too. Oh, he, I think he's, he's funny. Great. He's fantastic. By the way, Nick Bolton, 13 tackles to lead Kansas City, the Mizzou linebacker. And he's the centerpiece. And when they had that down period, Brooke, remember, he was hurt during the middle of the season. Yes. Their defense still played really well. But he is the the bell cow of that defense. He's the one that makes things go. And Bolton, congratulations to him and to all the Chiefs fans here and in Kansas City. Uh, there's nothing like winning championships, and uh, they've got three out of five. And uh, I, I played golf the other day. That'll be actually one of my uh, items in, in in our next segment. But uh, Brad Barnes grew up in the Kansas City area, grew up mm-hmm. as a Chiefs fan, and never got to experience it. And I was asking him the other day if he – still felt joy when the Chiefs won. And he said, well, it's kind of an expectation now, which is the exact same thing that happened with the greatest show on turf. You win that first one and it is joyful. And now you say, okay, well, we won another Super Bowl. It's weird how continued excellence changes your perception of what should be because it's really hard to win an NFL game, one NFL game, let alone get to the Super Bowl, let alone win the Super Bowl. Coach Vermeil always said it was just as impressive to get to a Super Bowl as to win it, and it is. But 
for Kansas City to have won three of the four that they played in and, and win three in five years is really impressive. Three in five years. That's a big thing. With Patrick Mahomes, with what he's been able to do, and he's just 28 years old, yeah, that expectation should be high that you're going to accomplish this just about every single year because who's going to stop him? The 49ers, honestly, I think, played better than the mm-hmm. Chiefs for the majority of the game. Wouldn't you say so? They did. The, the, there were... Brock Purdy played really well. Their defense played really well and got after Mahomes. Nick yeah, Bosa they, was yeah, they, insane. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was fantastic. And we, we talked about that last week, yeah. how the right tackle, Jawan Taylor, was in trouble. Yeah, they, they played really well. You can play really well. And here's the one team that is going to be able to do it. If Jim Harbaugh does what he's always done, builds a big physical football team and there are departures because of free agency from Kansas City. I think that's where the t- tide could turn. But are there many teams? First of all, you have to you have to be able to contain Patrick Mahomes. But Spags is probably the best defensive coordinator in the league with the youngest defense in the league. Then they'll have to do some work. They'll, they'll have to improve their offensive line. But Rasheed Rice is only a rookie. Mm-hmm. They'll have Kelsey for another year. At least for next year, they're going to be really tough to beat. And they're going to restructure... Patrick Mahomes contract. I I don't doubt that whatsoever so that they can be more competitive and get some of those other things that they need. But for the 49ers and this game, it just Mm -hmm. came down to a blocked extra point and muff punt. That to me was the difference maker. And I think we have to get into this later because I guess you could say it was a little bit of a controversy. Was it a mistake by Kyle Shanahan for not deferring in overtime? We will talk about that. And I think that you can go either way on this, but that'll be part of the show today here on 101 ESPN. Coming up with Brooke and Matthew and Randy, we've got three things we love from the weekend here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You can watch us on the Air Alliance team studio cam. Just go to YouTube, type in 101 ESPN STL, and we would love to have you watch us during the course of the show, and we would love to have you subscribe to the channel. Are we going to do the... You want oh, to, I thought you were about to we, do it we for a second the, there. Well, let's do the Air Comfort Service text line. Always open, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. And coming up at the end of the hour, we're going to have Take It or Leave It. But we'll get started here with three things we loved from the weekend. Number three. Number three for me will be the Super Bowl party that I was at last night. Randy, I love a good Super Bowl spread. And I know I was just talking about how I'm doing personal training. I work out hard so I can enjoy food that you have <laughs> during Super Bowl weekend. Just, just like last night, playing for the tie. Exactly. Exactly. So we had a great spread, a lot of different food. We had all different types of wings, everything. And then my diet starts today. Hopefully. Good. There do, you go. Don't you always do that where you say, okay, after this weekend, yep, after I'm this done. Weekend. So I, totally. I loaded up. I had brownies. They had donuts. They had wings, all of that stuff. It was a lot of fun. So that was one of my top three things from this weekend. Uh, had some wings, had some delicious crab dip in a sourdough bowl. San Francisco had some barbecue and had from our friends at Sugar Fire Pie a Mississippi mud pie. Yum, yum, yum. That is delicious. Uh, Brooke, my number three is actually from Friday, February 9th in St. Louis. February 9th in St. Louis, I was out at Whitmore playing golf. (laughs) 
It was nice. It was great. It was the, so nice outside. The weather that was day. perfect, and uh, my buddy, former Fastlane producer Brad Barnes, we got out. It, it, good to spend time with him, and congratulations to Brad. I know he's listening on his Super Bowl championship. But man, being able to play golf in February in St. Louis was pretty cool. So that's a pretty good number three. It is a little weird that it's it was so warm. It was fantastic. And now though, it's yeah. a little bit colder. But how did you do? How did you finish on uh, that? Mediocre, but we had a good time. Had a really good time. That's all that matters. Yeah. Number two. My number two is going to be the halftime performance. Mm. I don't want to hear that it wasn't that good. For me, it was fantastic. And maybe it's just because of my age group. Matthew, you can weigh in on this on as well. You love Usher, right? Who doesn't love Usher? I know. Well, I think that some people maybe want to see something different. I truly enjoyed it. I thought he did such a great job. It was one of my favorite halftime performances Mm -hmm. that I've seen in a long time. I think one of my top halftime performances would be Prince. Uh-huh. Prince would be way, way up there. Usher, this was just a really good overall performance. The people he brought out, it brought me back to my childhood. I remember the first time I heard the song, Yeah, which I believe he played that when they were on their roller skates. Uh-huh. The first time I heard that was when I was in elementary school, and it was at the roller rink, and I vividly remember, and I played it over and over and over again. He brought out Alicia Keys. He brought out Ludacris. He brought out her. That was the woman who came out with the guitar. Uh-huh. I think some yeah. people were confused about who that is. That's her. She is fantastic. And he also brought Jermaine Dupree. I loved it. It was a big throwback for me. Yeah, they did a really good job, and he did a really good job. Congratulations to uh, Usher. My number two, Brooke, is Saturday night. I was at the IBEW Hall for the annual Fathers and Family Support Center Trivia Night, and I host that every year. And we raise money for Fathers and Family Support Center, which is an unbelievably great charity here in St. Louis that connects fathers that aren't with their children, their biological children, to them. And over the course of the last 27 years, this organization has connected 20,000 fathers to 50,000 children that didn't have a relationship with their fathers in the St. Louis metro area. And I've always said, why is it only in St. Louis that this is happening? This is foundational, and we should take advantage of what we're doing here, sending these young men to a boot camp so that they can learn how to be a father and be present in their lives because it's just not a known thing in a, a lot of uh, our, our culture. So what has happened now is that people nationally have taken notice. Nashville is going to have a program like this uh, down in Florida. They're opening up a program like Fathers and Family Support Center. So it can become a national template and on a national level, we can teach people that are biological fathers how to be fathers to their children and it is amazing and congratulations to sherry tillis and the whole gang over at fathers and family support center they're amazing yes when you first told me about your involvement with this i that was my first reaction is this needs to be something national because Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense people deserve multiple chances in life as long as they're willing to put in that work and that's the whole purpose of Mm -hmm. this program so how long is that boot camp it's uh, it's a pretty substantial commitment that you have to make. It's uh, you start off. It, it first of all, you have to show up on time every day. A third time mm-hmm. that you don't show up, you are out and you have to start over. It's about six months, but it it teaches young men not only how to be present in their kids' lives, but it teaches them how to go about life, how to deal with finances, how to have a job, how to have uh, transportation and maintain transportation. Some people don't know how to balance a checkbook and uh, or, or keep money in a bank account. So uh, how to dress 
for success. There's so many things that go into it, and it, it is it is truly amazing. If you just Google Fathers and Family Support Center, St. Louis, you'll learn a lot about it. But it's amazing, and it and, was cool. And I'm sure that there is some stories, too, where they're possibly breaking the cycle in their own family history. That is what it's all about. And that's what it needs to be, is because if a kid observes what their parents are doing, and if a kid observes that the father isn't there, that becomes known to them, right? That's what they were taught. Mm -hmm. But if the father is always there, that becomes known to the youngster. And it's important to have a father figure. So I'm really proud to be a part of FFSC. My number one. Number one. My number one, Randy, you know, I was all, I was very nervous last week because I was trying to pull off the perfect, perfect birthday surprise Mm -hmm. for David. And I was really nervous because he is usually really good about figuring out when something is going on. So I was nervous all week trying to set this up behind the scenes. It was his 35th birthday. So a good milestone birthday. And I wanted to pull this off because he does a lot of great things for me. And so I had the friends making sure that they wouldn't tell him anything. We lead up to Saturday, his birthday. And he already kind of feels like something's going on. He's like, so are we like doing dinner tonight? I was like, oh, um, yeah, I can grab a reservation somewhere <laughs> at like seven. And so then he was out all day while we were setting things up. Was really nervous about that. His dad helped. And then we were able to surprise him all the way in the last minute. I was like, any moment he's going to figure out what I have going on and what I'm doing. And he didn't. So I pulled off the perfect surprise. I was very proud of myself because it was the only time I've ever done a surprise party like that where I planned the entire thing. And I was so nervous that it wouldn't work and he would figure it out pretty early. And then I'd have to tell people I screwed up and I didn't do this whole (laughs) surprise party, like I said. But it worked out really well. It was a great evening with a bunch of our friends and uh, great food. I got food from Buzz's Hawaiian, which is one of my favorite spots in town. Oh, it's so good, Randy. Masubi is one of his favorite things on earth. If you haven't had Masubi, you guys need to go to Buzz's Hawaiian. Masubi is spam sushi is the best way to put it. It's a Hawaiian treat. Mm-hmm. And it's spam that is like fried in teriyaki sauce. Sometimes you can put egg in it. It has rice and seaweed wrapped around it. Oh, Delicious, it's huh? so good. And I got some sushi for him. So I was just glad that I was able to pull off the surprise for him. Congratulations. Good for you. Good job. Uh, Brooke, my number one, and we haven't talked about it yet. The Blues come out of their break with two impressive wins over Buffalo and Montreal. You look this morning, the Blues are sitting right there in the second wild card spot, tied for the second or, or the first wild card spot. But did you realize that the Blues are 15, 7, and 1 under Drew Bannister? Wow. They've won twice as many games as they've lost under Drew Bannister, more than twice as many as they've lost. And they're playing exceptionally well. And I think they're I think they're above their skis here. I think the Blues are outplaying their talent level, and I'm really impressed with the job that that Banny is doing. So congratulations to the Blues on those two big wins. Uh, they're in Canada still tomorrow. They go to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs, and hopefully a home game for Robert Thomas and, and Jordan Binnington. Hopefully the Blues can come away from Toronto with a victory tomorrow too. But they're hot. They're playing really well. And they're two, they're down two defensemen. You don't have Justin yep. Falk still. You're without Scott Perunovic. But what did we say that you would need in this second half of the season for him? That you would need Jordan Cairo to be Jordan Cairo. And in that game against the Canadians, he scored twice. And another player that we talked about that needed another turnaround was Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. He had five assists five in that assists. game. He's rocking. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just see it on a consistent yeah, basis, right. right? Yep. And Nabes, Jake Nabers, looks yeah. like he's the real deal. Up to 18 goals. Even he said over the weekend, no, I never 
never envisioned myself as a 20 goal scorer in the NHL, but he's got a couple of months left to get a couple more goals, so I think he's going to make it. Yeah, it's exciting for the Blues. Yeah, they're going to be great tomorrow night. Blues at Toronto, 5 o'clock pregame, 6 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. All right, there you have it. That's three things we love from the weekend. Next up, four downs from the Super Bowl here with Brooke and Randy on 101 ESPN. The smartest way Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for four downs from the Super Bowl here on the opening drive. And Brooke has first down. First down. So, Randy, you know how I like to go with a theme, typically for my NFL mm-hmm. four downs, which is kind of sad because this is the last time we're doing this oh. for a while. <laughs> we'll miss it. So, my theme is going to be the other MVPs, the guys who probably won't get their flowers as much today, but they definitely deserve it. I'm going to start with the guy that was so important to the game that even Patrick Mahomes gave him credit in his post-game comments, and that is Harrison Butker. Harrison mm-hmm. Butker is absolutely nails. So, he accounted for the longest field goal in Super Bowl history from 57 yards, game-tying field goal to send the game into overtime. He was 4-for-4 four four and accounted for 13 points. He's been perfect, Randy, in the playoffs on both extra points and field goals. He is just nails, and he deserves his flowers and a lot of credit for what he's been able to do. He was sensational last night, and it's amazing how you don't even think twice about him hitting a 57-yard field no. goal, right? No, and I wasn't even nervous. Maybe with other kickers, I would have been a little bit nervous, but I was like, oh, He's got this. Yeah. This isn't going to be a big deal for him. No, it's it's not. And how fortunate for them, for the 49ers, to have a guy that they can count on to that level. After Moody had hit that first field goal and set the record, by the way, the Super Bowl yeah. record for longest field goal, they come back and Bucker hits it like it's no big yeah. deal at all. Another awesome. day. Another right. day at work for him. Yeah, and he was he was remarkable. Second down. 
Well, Brooke, I, I thought the difference in the game could be the defensive or the offensive line of the Chiefs being able to handle the defensive line of the 49ers. And Nick Bosa himself had 12 pressures, three hits, and nine hurries. And for the game, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure. They had three uh, three sacks for eight yards, but they wound up with 20 hurries of Patrick Mahomes. The the 49ers did of the uh, of the Chiefs, but that shows what Patrick Mahomes is that he's hurried 20 times, sacked only three, and is able to get away from that sub- substantial pressure. The 49ers couldn't take advantage of it. If it would have been any other quarterback, maybe save Lamar Jackson, they would have had maybe six, seven, eight sacks of Mahomes last night. But he was so ready for it and got out of the pocket and, and was so efficient with his feet that. He was able to take advantage of what I thought would be a big difference in the game. And in any other game, it would have been. It would have been. And here's the thing that I think that is a big difference. Obviously, you can't compare Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy when we're talking about quarterbacks in that category. They're definitely in a different tier. Patrick Mahomes is in a tier of his own Mm -hmm. currently in the NFL. But the difference is is that you can't really blitz or shake Patrick Mahomes. No. You can't. But with Brock Purdy... Did you notice a difference when they blitzed him? Oh yeah, you could t- and I I thought that they would have some looks that he hadn't seen before and clearly that was the case. That big big McDuffie sack, mm-hmm. uh, they had no idea. The the 49ers had no idea that McDuffie was coming off the edge on that one. And Spags always does that. He's always got a look that even the veteran quarterback hasn't seen before and it made a huge difference last night. Purdy was at times, he doesn't look rattled, but you could tell that he just didn't know where to go with the football. Well, in the last game, too, I thought that Brock Purdy, we saw him use his his legs a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I was surprised we didn't see it as much. But that just kind of shows that maybe he wasn't completely comfortable with that. And they didn't give him the middle. Willie yes. Gay being back, Bolton playing the way he did, they didn't give him the middle like in the previous game against uh, Green Bay. Yes. Third down. My third down is, hey, did you guys know that Jawan Jennings is from my hometown? Oh, there we go. That's the third one. That's the third oh, mention wow. in the there show today. Uh-huh. So, Rock put out a bet. Do you want to explain what you put on X last night? I want to jinx it, but I mean, the over is close to cashing. I said, I said Brooke, over three, over under three and a half mentions of Jawan Jennings being from uh, her hometown or near her hometown. I'm counting the one that she mentioned before the show went on the air. I'm counting that one because we were in the room. It was like it was like six fifty. I'm counting that one. So we're at three. We're close, baby. I mean, when it it hits, you're going to hear dings and and bells all over the place. Okay, I'm done now. I know Uh that you guys are going to be annoyed by it. But you always are excited when you see somebody that you know. You're excited. And I didn't have any rooting interest in this game other than hoping that Juwan would do well. And Randy, he did really well. He could have been the MVP, in my opinion. You had that whole situation, too, where you had the backward pass to Juwan Jennings. And then he connected with Christian McCaffrey for that 21-yard touchdown. And he was went over and let's see let's see here right here i have this in my notes so remember back when he was at tennessee and he played for tennessee he had that legendary hail mary he was the one that caught that from josh dobbs remember mm-hmm. that tennessee georgia mm-hmm. game back in 2016 so juan jennings has been known to do things like this. And Randy, he was actually a dual-threat quarterback back in high school at Blackman High School. That's also the high school that David Price went to. That's the second time I have mentioned that. But Juwan Jennings deserves a lot of credit for what he was able to do in that game. And he's also, I'm sure you saw this graphic as well, he became the second player in Super Bowl history to throw and catch touchdown passes. That's pretty cool. Nick Foles being the other? Yes. 
That's that's pretty cool. And by the way, I called that one when we were talking about prop bets. So you, I think both of you said, no, only the quarterbacks are going to throw passes. I said, no, somebody else is going to throw a pass. And he you did. You were right. Yeah. And the way that it was actually specifically worded did not cash until the overtime because the way it was worded was, will a, will a third player throw a touchdown pass in addition oh. to Purdy and Mahomes? And so until Mahomes threw that to McCole Hardman, I don't think that wouldn't have cashed yet because it would have been, been four. Because did Mahomes have a second one? Oh, oh, he had the first one. Sorry, until late in the fourth, I should say. Um, it didn't cash for a while there because you were just sitting on the Purdy one to Jennings, and then the Jennings ones earlier in that for a while there until Mahomes oh. hit his. Because you needed Mahomes to throw one, Purdy to throw one, and a third player. Oh, to I throw thought it was one. just a pass. No, it was technically the the bet was uh, touchdown throwers plus or minus two and a half. Okay. So you needed oh. Mahomes to get that 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 third one in there for it to clear. But yeah, it cleared as soon as that hit. Wow. So he looked at ease because he was a quarterback in high school. He was actually high, highly recruited, and it was uh-huh. when he went to Tennessee that he switched over to be a wide receiver, and I would say that it's worked out well for him. But honestly, Randy, do you think he could have been the MVP? I think if Moody hits that extra point and they yeah. win in regulation, he scored a touchdown and threw the other one for the team that won. They only had two touchdowns. I think he would have been. I think I would have voted for him. I don't know who else you would have picked unless you picked Bosa, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, with the 12 pr- pressures. And I said 20, 20 pressures. They had 22 pressures. But Bosa was a monster in that game. And I, I guess if they would have yeah. been able to hold Mahomes to just one touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, then it would have been a different story. Bosa's got to get there, doesn't he? Yeah. Like like for him to actually win it, he would have had to get there for a sec. Uh, but he, 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 he was, media gives it to him without with just a bunch of pressures, and they, just throw, they can't throw up a well, one-and-a-half sec stat line. He was... He was the best, aside from Mahomes, he was the best player in the game. I agree. So, Fourth down. All right, uh, Brooke, we talked about this earlier, and you referenced this with Harrison Butker. But, man, we just don't pay enough attention to special teams being a big part of the game. Mm -hmm. And the the fumbled punt, the the muffed punt by San Francisco that set up the first Kansas City touchdown was huge. The Jake Moody uh, missed—he didn't miss the extra point. It was blocked by Kansas City. That was a huge play in the game. And— Kansas City did everything right on special teams. San Francisco didn't. Ironically, San Francisco did everything right on in special teams in that really cold game in the NFC Championship game in Green Bay a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. Green Bay screwed up on special teams. It's amazing how when you get to these close games, it winds up being special teams and turnovers. And it really was again last night for all the greatness of Patrick and Mahomes and all the greatness of Travis Kelsey. Oh, oh, by the way, was targeted 10 times, caught nine for 93. For all of that greatness, the difference in the game was special teams. And Kansas City's was better. San Francisco's were deficient, and that's why you have, in overtime, one team ahead of the other. It really all came down to special teams. And if again, if it's not for the blocked extra point, San Francisco wins that Super Bowl in regulation. And that's honestly why I enjoyed the Super Bowl so much. Once again, no rooting interest for either team, but what I enjoyed about it is that it literally came down to mistakes, just little mistakes that di- that made the difference of who won this game. And it did. It came down to the missed extra point, and it came down to the muff punt. Those are things that I personally like to see where this is such a close game that it came down to little moments like that. Would you have been, and I know America would have been bothered, would you have been bothered if Bucker would have been named the game's MVP? No. Four field goals, including no, that 57 No, you heard me. I, I'm all about Harrison yeah. Bucker. Yeah, he, he nails a 29-yarder with three seconds left in regulation, kind of overlooked, Yeah, right? Because he's automatic, but maybe he's too automatic for his own good. I it, feel like it always just goes to the quarterback. Is it the does, thing. yeah. But it was... Uh, 
uh, an inter- it wasn't an artistic game, but it was a really fun, entertaining, competitive game. It was, especially towards the end, the fourth quarter and overtime. Everything you could have wanted. That's, it made up for the that, first three quarters. That script was perfectly written. <laughs> oh, Randy, you can't remember. You can't reveal the script. I'm not revealing it. I, you can't, I, no, we can't talk about it. People think that we're oh, in on it. That the media is in on oh, it. We remember? are. Are we? No. See, I don't. I don't care how cheesy it could have been. The, the you miss the chance. Like what writer misses the chance to just needle drop slow motion? Travis Kelsey dragging four 49ers that into was, the end zone for that yeah. touchdown. I mean, come on. I mean, the writers were slacking on that one. You, if you want to finish it with a bang, do it right. Thank you very much. Don't toy with me. Don't 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 play games here. Just. Give me, give me the ending I want. Can we have people text in? Because we already got one person who said, from the three and four, NFL is scripted. I want to know. I want you to give me your evidence. Because I love this. Randy, you know I'm a sleuth. Yeah. I love, I love you know, with journalism, really taking a deep dive. Show me some evidence because I would like to know. I want to get in on this action of if this is scripted or not. Okay, one thing that they didn't have, that they weren't, they didn't show on CBS last night, before Dre Greenlaw was running back on the field, there was somebody behind him with a razor blade that cut. <laughs> Randy, that was so bad. It was. I couldn't believe that that actually happened. <laughs> well, it was in the script, Brooke. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like he got pushed by the ghost of something. Yes, but it was that little razor it was, blade. Yeah, you just didn't see the hand no. in there. They edited it out. They, uh, Yeah, it, it was there AI. They had some AI going. <laughs> so it was cool. What a sad moment that was, by the way. I feel for him in that moment. Yeah, well, uh, it was part. Of, he knew that it was it was coming. It was part of the script. Oh, yeah, you just have to yeah, an injury bad. like that part yeah. of the script. Uh, coming up, we've got take it or leave it. Send in your text to the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Take it or leave it. Coming your way on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. All right, Brooke, Matthew, Randy here on 101 ESPN. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Okay, uh, Brooke, Matthew, work with me here. Take It or Leave It, you can't figure out why people have so much hate for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I'm going to have to leave it just because of the question that you just said. Mm-hmm. I can... I. I I'm starting to see why people don't like it because they hate love, Randy. Okay. They hate a true love, love happiness, story. nicety. But yes, I, I'm going to take it on the other way of that I don't understand it whatsoever. I guess because there's so much coverage around it. I mm-hmm. think in general, people just don't like pop mm-hmm. culture and all the different kind of stuff. And when it mixes into sports, it seems to always cause a kerfuffle, if you will. These people would have hated the idea of Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. Hated it. Uh, Did that get like a ton of coverage? I I mean, I know it was a big story, but I'm saying, was it like to this level of coverage? Well, there wasn't this social media. We didn't have the internet, but it was a huge talk. But it was in New York. In, in back in the day where they had at that time I think they had like 15 or 20 newspapers something like that so yeah I guess people generally just have as we mentioned at the outset hate was it in their negative heart. coverage oh, there I don't know 
I, I don't think so, because I don't think we were such a, a negative, hateful world at that time. But it, like people putting on social media that Travis Kelsey is unlikable. What's unlikable about Travis Kelsey? Is it the fact that he has the, the free camps for young tight ends or that last year during the draft he organized concerts that people could go to free to raise money for charity so that underprivileged kids in the area and in Cleveland could be helped out? Or is it that he's got this foundation that helps out underprivileged? I, I, or, or that he just appears so nice talking to Kansas City media to everybody? What is it about him that's unlikable? Uh, you're missing the... You're, you're looking at the, the forest and you're missing the troll-shaped mm-hmm. tree in the front <laughs> where people are angry that he... Um, dances after touchdowns and then he dresses really flamboyantly before games that makes people angry like there's this huge section of people who cannot so handle just who are people they, having a little yeah, flair in who life are, who are they gonna like then in 2024 well, Danny Tomlinson he's 2024 oh no in 2024 I don't know, I don't know. yeah right they're gonna be, that's why they're angry all the time Randy because ev- no one's no one's out here just putting the football down after a touchdown and walking back to the bench so yeah. from no the one's three. out here just wearing just a Nice clean suit yeah. like they used to. Yeah, from the through and four. I don't hate T Swift or Kelsey. I hate how much the NFL flaunts it in our face, shoving it down our throat. <laughs> you know, you've got the most recognizable person on the planet who is incredibly because you had ninety three of the hundred top rated shows last year. She has increased the visibility of the NFL and brought in a new group of people under the umbrella. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it the same time as the regular telecast last night, the Nickelodeon mm-hmm. telecast. No, I didn't get to see that. Well, young girls obviously were watching the Nickelodeon telecast, and they showed Taylor Swift a lot. They're able to cultivate a fan base that they never thought that they would be able to get right now because of Taylor Swift. So why not take advantage of it? You've 49% of the people that go through the gates at an NFL game are women. So why not increase that number for those 15-year-old girls or 14-year-old girls that were watching last night, they might be buying tickets and watching on TV in 10 years, and you'll have a group of people that you never dreamed that you would have watching NFL games. You see, and that's why I don't see the negative side of it. I always think that anytime you can bring new people into your sport, regardless of yep. what sport it is, is always a good thing. Randy, we talk about it all the time. How can MLS get more popular in the U.S.? How can baseball get more popular in the U.S.? Other professional sports leagues are trying to find many different ways to grow their audience and also grow their audience that is younger, and the NFL just continues to do that. And by the way, let's remember how this all started, because he tried to go and give her a friendship bracelet because he was a fan at the concert in Kansas City. He couldn't get to her, but she found out about it, and that's how they connected. That's totes adorbs, Randy. And their little kiss (laughs) there last night at the end. That was was adorable. That was great. Oh, we're getting so many texts about this. People people get upset about this. People have hate in their it's, heart, I'm telling you. I'll say this right now. Every single text that's like, it's fake, it's contrived, it just makes me smile so much. Fabricated. It's just, God, it's Is so... It, but here's so, the thing. If it's fabricated, so about how does it? she oh benefit from this? And she doesn't. It, it's fabricated, so she flies home from Tokyo after doing a concert. Uh, 12 hours in the air and is is there at the concert uh, or at the Super Bowl within 24 hours on his bye week he flies to where where did he go did he go to Brazil to to mm-hmm. watch her concert there's a lot of effort being put into this fake thing yeah and that's a, that's a little too Who's, much effort and she's a billionaire and he is making more money than he ever dreamed possible so what's the benefit 
right? Is it just so that they can each make an extra million dollars or whatever? I don't know. It's, but I, I think there's just a lot of people that are inherently unhappy, unfortunately. Ooh. I'm happy about it. Good for the kids. So this is another good one, and I'm going to play this into my take it or leave it because okay. a lot of people have been talking about this as a reason why they hate Travis Kelsey. Take it or leave it. Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid was blown, blown out of proportion when I'm talking about on social media. Uh it happens all the time during games, but there are more cameras at the Super Bowl than any other game. Now, should you hit your head? Should you bump no. into your head coach like that? No. no. But stuff like that happens all the time it on does. NFL sidelines. It really does. And also, it seems like anything with Travis Kelsey, because of right. all the publicity around him, is going to be magnified. Right. If that happens in a 2015 Rams game, probably did. Uh, no, not with Fisher, but let's say a 2000, uh, 2010 Rams game with Spags. Nobody ever sees it. No. So, happens all the time. Yeah, it, it is overblown. All right, Matthew, what do, what do you got on the text line? Any texts? Take it or leave it. If teams switch quarterbacks, Niners win by three touchdowns. That's a Ooh. good one. And It depends yeah. on the quarterback. Oh, yeah, wait, no, they said switch quarterbacks. Switch quarterbacks, oh. switch quarterbacks yeah. and I'm going to take that. Yeah, I'm going to take it yeah, just because then too. it's Patrick Mahomes and he's going to be good. throwing yeah. all that talent and Bosa uh, would have maybe killed Brock Purdy. Killed him. Yeah, I don't want to see that happen. No, it, but it might have. <laughs> I like this take. Take it or leave it. Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid was somewhat justified. And kids that saw that need to read that Kelsey is a goat in the league, and you probably just shouldn't do that with your JV coach. You probably shouldn't. No. But it is the NFL, and he's, what, 6'4 and 265 or something like that. So, yeah, if you're playing in the JFL, you probably don't have that opportunity either. No, and and here's the thing is that i can understand both sides of it one is it exactly a great look no but as we mentioned there's a lot of things that happen how many times have we seen this season where you have people going absolutely off the rails on the sidelines and they're completely fine because there's so much that's happening in that game that they let out their frustrations on the sidelines brooke i went back to the comment that carrie always makes about coach tomlin i'd rather have to say Whoa, then sick him. Mm-hmm. And that, you, you want a guy, he, he wanted to stay in the game. Kelsey wanted to be in the game, and that's why he was so intense about it. You'd rather say whoa than have to say sick him. Didn't he have just like one reception in the first half? Yeah, one target and one yeah. reception. Yeah. Take it or leave it. I've never mathed so hard having the 5 2 square. <laughs> take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> okay, what do they I don't need? Kick the, they don't kick the extra point, right? That's right. <laughs> it's a stressful moment. Uh, you shouldn't have to math so hard during that. Uh, this is interesting. Take it or leave it. Spags is the defensive equivalent of Mike Martz. Oh. Okay, it's hard for me to go there, as Spags would say, because Mike <laughs> changed the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Spags is changing the game, but Spags is, you know, he, he's a disciple of Jim Johnson who did amazing things with the Eagles defense. If you watch the Eagles defense under Andy Reid back in the 80s, it was basically what you're seeing now. But uh, it, it's hard for me to, to say that Spags is as innovative and is going to change the game like Mike Martz did. With, with all the motion, everything you basically saw from San Francisco last night with the pre-snap motion and everything, that's a product of the greatest show on turf and Mike Martz. Mm, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying from the innovation standpoint, but maybe also from the other side of just two really great coaches in their regard. Yeah, fantastic. And Spags of his era is the best defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. For him to put together the plan to slow down and stop those Patriots uh, in 2007, and then uh, for what he has done with Kansas City, it's, it's pretty phenomenal.
Take it or leave it. The Chiefs are officially a dynasty. Take it. Yeah, Take three, it. Three Super Bowls in five years, four Super Bowl appearances in five years. Yeah, they're a dynasty. What else would you even need to consider them a, a dynasty? Because I think it's it's you're experiencing it right now, but it seems like, of course, that's going to be the talker all day. Are they truly a dynasty or not? I think some people think that you have to do what the Yankees did in the 50s or what the Celtics did in the 60s, but that's not realistic anymore with as as even as the competition is now in sports and with the draft and with the salary cap that that makes what the Chiefs are doing even more remarkable because the Yankees could just go trade for a player from Kansas City back in the day they could go get well let's just go get Roger Maris uh, from uh, I think they got him from Cleveland and let's plug him into the lineup it might have been Kansas City but the Yankees had that ability to go get pretty much whoever they wanted back in the 50s and the Celtics they built a dynasty with, I think there were seven or eight Hall of Famers on that team in the 60s, and you only play five at a time. This is a true dynasty for Kansas City. Congratulations to them. And another thing that makes it unbelievable, three out of five, last night, Chris Jones was the only guy that started in on defense for them in the first Super Bowl five years ago against San Francisco, and the only starters on offense were Kelsey and Mahomes. So out of 22 starters, 19 had did not start for them in the Super Bowl four years ago, which is a testament to Brett Veach, their general manager, and Andy Reid and that staff. Take it or leave it. President's Day should be the day after the Super Bowl, so that there's a day off. Take it. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. A hundred percent. People trying to sell me on having Super Bowl Saturday, which makes... Randy, that was me. I've, I've been yeah, campaigning but, but for you're, that. But you're in TV. How do you say that? What do you mean? Because nobody watches TV on Saturday. What about college football? But the college football isn't the Super Bowl. I mean, if you can, when, when, if you when, get people to watch college football on bro, Saturdays and the ratings do well, then you can get people to watch bro, on Saturday Super when, Bowl on Saturdays. When do they play the college football championship? <sighs> not not, on, this not time. on Saturday, yes, right? It's on yes, a Monday night, I right? Yes. People do things on Saturday nights, and the casual observer, somebody that I was get, just I at know, home on I Sunday know. night last night, they're out going to a movie, going out to dinner, going out to Top Golf. That what the NFL wants is as many viewers, and what the networks want is as many viewers as possible because they sell advertising based on the number of viewers. Yeah, and I do get it from what you're saying on a TV standpoint as to why, but I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think that. If you put it there, people will watch it regardless, and then it'll become a big Saturday event, and you, then you have Sunday off. You think so, but do you know so? No, I why, guess you what, couldn't if, say what, that. If it ain't broke, why fix it? That's true. I just want a day off after Super Bowl uh, Sunday. Uh, I think then, that's fair. It really should be a national <laughs> holiday. Monday should be a national holiday. It should holiday. be. Yeah. And moving you're President's Day work. is great. I mean, here's, <laughs> a, here's the thing. You're, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're I'm still going to work, No, no I, I am, I am yep. I'm, I'm campaigning for everybody else, okay, Rock? <laughs> here's a, uh, okay, here's, let's throw this out <laughs> if there. You, if you took today yep. off, I would love to know, because I feel like you should. Yeah. Everybody should call but, in sick today. Yeah, but here's here's another to our, our texter. George Washington is not going to care if we move President's Day back a week, all right? He's dead. Lincoln, whoever, whatever presidents are from February, were born in February, they aren't going to care. So uh, we can still call it President's Day. We don't have to call it Super Bowl Day, even though we know it is. But what I think should happen is that we should just move President's Day to the day after the Super Bowl. I think that's a smart move. And who's going to be offended by that? Who's going to even know? I mean, who knows when President's Day is? Right? So just move it to the day after the You Super don't Bowl. celebrate? 
We used to, but not anymore. But I don't know when it is. I just accept it for when it is. You don't go around I and chop you. down a cherry tree yeah. on President's no. Day? I thought we all did that. When was G-Dub born? Let's look this up quickly. Did anybody he know? He chopped down a cherry tree just to set the record straight on that one. Did he shoot that something off? That was a lie? It was a lie, yeah. Are you saying that? The fate oh, American fable. Are you saying that our foundation was built on a lie? What? No. George Washington's birthday. February 11th. Dang it, Randy. Oh. You just like absolutely squashed Perfect. my whole Saturday thing with the college football playoffs situation. Oh, I didn't even think it's about that. But that is, a, that is a very fair point. I have to give you that, of course. You're mega mind for a reason, but I have to give you about that because I didn't think about that before. Today, but today I still is. would like it on Saturdays. So, today. Well, maybe they should just do it for you, Brooke. No, they don't have to do it for me. Uh, it's Lincoln's birthday today. Oh, happy and then birthday, GW Lincoln. tomorrow. So if we're going to keep the Super Bowl here. GW was the 11th. Yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yesterday. So GW yesterday. And Lincoln is today. Today. You were about so, to Benjamin Button it up. Yeah, right. So here's the th- here's the play. Why not? Just because it this is closer to President's Day than President's Day. So let's do this. <laughs> right? Oh, we're we're doing we're doing big things here. Yeah, we we've just solved a lot of problems, and it's amazing to me how people get outraged. We've had fifty eight Super Bowls on Sundays, and outraged that the Randy. Game there's some people Sunday. who are in support of what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm all in on Super Bowl Saturday. Well, we're glad that you are. Uh, if you're willing to make up from the, the 314, if you're willing to make up the financial loss to the NFL, I'm sure that they'll move oh, it for you. Oh, they're financially fine, Randy. No, the NFL's aren't. not hurting for are, money. Are they getting their 25 billion a year in revenue yet? The the NFL always thinks they're hurting for money. Why do you When's think enough enough for yeah, them? Why do they, Why do you think they're what playing about the betterment yeah. of the people? The, it does, the, you, we don't have a football team. You think they're worried about the betterment of the people? No. <laughs> there but you I'm go. just saying, when is enough money for them? Well, what are they going to be done? They're playing a game in Madrid. They're playing a game in uh, in Brazil next year. Uh, there's never enough money for Roger Goodell and those owners. From the 314, Randy, if the Super Bowl was on a Saturday, people wouldn't plan a thing. People no-show to weddings and other events for a regular Sunday game. Get real, Randy. I don't think that you understand there's such thing as casual sports fans. There are. There are people that tune in just because it's on, but they aren't going to change their life for the Super Bowl. There are such things as casual sports fans. Do you guys want a really, really weird fact about presidential birthdays? Yeah, sure. Because mm-hmm. somebody yes. texted in and goes, George Washington's birthday is Jan- is February 22nd. What are you talking about? Um, here's the thing. George Washington was born in Virginia on February 11th, 1731. According, Thank you, Wikipedia. According to, the, <laughs> according to the then used Julian calendar. In 1752, however, Britain and all of its colonies adopted the Georgian calendar, which moved Washington's birthday a year and 11 days to February 22nd, 1731. So he has two birthdays? And I don't know which one's correct. I and like as it. somebody who writes trivia what? questions, I want to burn down this computer right now. I did not know that. I hate this. I'm very angry like that this. this is a thing. I don't know what I'm supposed to go off of. I'm mad. I'm very mad right now. So those people would have a great deal of difficulty figuring out how old their dogs are in dog years. Yeah. <laughs> it was tricky in the 18th century to figure that one out, which is good thing is you didn't have a lot of other problems. <laughs> All right. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, what does this win mean for the Chiefs? A dynasty, but what else about Kansas City? That's next on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. So is it a dynasty now? Yeah, it's the start of one. We're not done. I know we're going to celebrate tonight, celebrate the Pride Wednesday, Kansas City, but we're not done. We've got a young team. We're going to keep this thing going. Go enjoy it. Congratulations. That's Tracy Wolfson with Patrick Mahomes, who did lead his club to a 25-22 overtime win in Super Bowl 58 last night in Las Vegas, which, by the way, was, by all accounts, an incredible host for the Super Bowl, and let's hope that they get more. But, Brooke, when you think about what this means, number one, this franchise now is going to go down currently as one of the best of all time. They'll be right there with the Packers in the 60s, the Dolphins in the 70s, the Steelers in the 70s, 49ers in the 80s, Cowboys in the 90s, and Patriots in uh, the, the 2000s. This has to be one of the greatest teams of all time. Franchise at the moment, yes. But if they win another one in the next few years... They have a chance to go down as the greatest, despite six for the, the the Patriots. There were two separate Patriot dynasties. They had, they had the 01, 03, 04, and then they didn't win again until the, the next decade. So uh, in terms of stretches, Kansas City could put themselves at the very top of the list. The Steelers won four in six years in the 70s, and Kansas City could be right there. I agree with you. I don't see how they're not a dynasty at this point. I don't see how it's a conversation because without a doubt, they're a dynasty because what they've been able to do, one with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, what he's done since becoming an NFL starter in six years, three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs, two-time NFL MVP, three-time All-Pro, six Pro uh, Pro Bowls, two-time passing touchdowns leader. I mean, you are witnessing great greatness right now. We're with witnessing this what might be the best start to a career for any athlete in history. You can look at Joe DiMaggio. You can look at Albert Pujols. There aren't many. Certainly in football, Mahomes is number one with the, the best start to a career ever. But if you look at basketball, Magic and Bird had great runs. Uh, I believe with the win last night, there's only two players that have won two MVPs, three championships, uh, and uh, m- multiple championship series MVPs. I think Bird and Mahomes are are the only two. Mahomes is a Hall of Famer right now. If, if Patrick Mahomes decides to retire tomorrow, this is another thing that this leads to for Kansas City. If he retires tomorrow, he is in the Hall of Fame. If Kelsey retires tomorrow, he's in the Hall of Fame. I think if Chris Jones would retire tomorrow, he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid is an easy Hall of Famer. Well, and I think that, too, the scariest part about this is, don't you think that this was supposed to be the year that you could have knocked out the Chiefs? Yeah. Where they wouldn't have been in this position? Look, I mean, it felt like there was well, times this season, we talked about it at length, that they were not good. And they weren't. They were struggling, especially offensively. Not defensively, but offensively, they were really struggling to find a rhythm. And we were like, oh, we're finally mm-hmm. seeing Patrick Mahomes crack. Remember, that was the big conversation. This felt like it would have been the year to knock them out, considering everything that they went through this season. After the Christmas Day loss to the Raiders, they were 8-6. and six. And Andy Reid was asked about that last night, and he said, our problems were dropped passes and penalties. Mm-hmm. We needed to get past those, and we would be okay. And they did. Uh, Rishi Rice stepped up and turned into the replacement for Tyreek Hill. They quit committing those penalties. And that's a testament to Reid and his staff, is that they were able to fix the problems that existed. And I do think, to an extent, Brooke, and I played 
played you a clip from Patrick Mahomes from uh, the match when he and Kelsey were playing golf against, uh, it was Josh Allen and, and somebody else. And he, Mahomes, they had a big lead and he missed a putt to allow the other team to get back into it. And Ernie Johnson said, did you miss that putt on purpose? And he goes, Ernie, I do great TV. It's what I do. <laughs> and he said, I never win in a blowout. You've seen me enough. You never win in a blowout. You wonder how much Patrick Mahomes is just toying with the opposition. Do you think so? You think he purposely wants to keep it all the way down to the wind like or, that, down to the wire? You, or you just play on cruise control until it really matters. Well, I will say the end there was very exciting, and it was so Patrick Mahomes as mm-hmm. the way that he was able to handle that. There was not a moment where I was like, oh, he won't be able to get this done. No, but he did. Yeah. And then let, let me throw one other thing out there for you about, and this is baseball could take a cue. All right. In baseball, you could never have a market like Kansas City win three championships in five years or go to the championship four times in five years because the Royals would lose all of their guys in free agency. They wouldn't be able to afford them. No. Basketball, you you had that in San Antonio, but you have a cap. Hockey, you have that in Tampa, but you have a cap. One thing that football does better than any other sport is provide enough parity so that every franchise has an opportunity to win. I believe the only market markets smaller in the NFL than Kansas City are Jacksonville and Green Bay. Green Bay has won their share of championships, even yes. in the salary cap era. And now you see Kansas City doing it. And this is a testament to the NFL that if you are smart, that you have the opportunity to win. Because in the other sports, it's generally big markets that are winning. Well, and that's why I believe that they are a dynasty. One, because you have now the resume to prove it. But also on top of that, their repeatability is just incredible to witness. The fact that they're able to do this. Remember, Tyreek Hill leaving. It was mm-hmm. like, well, what is who is Patrick Mahomes going to throw to? They were still able to find a way to win outside of him. And then you have this season. His O-line was weakened. His number one wide receiver turns out to be a rookie. And right. you don't know They'd how lost that's going to go. Brown. Yeah, they lost Orlando Brown. There was a lot of big question marks surrounding this team but they continue to find a way to repeat in this way. And oh, by the way, he's going to restructure, I'm sure, his mm-hmm. contract. And even though they have a lot of free agents this offseason, Adam Schefter, you can go look at the tweet. He tweeted out the long list of names, including Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed. I mean, there's Willie Gay. There's The list goes on and on. It seems like you're not as shaken after seeing what happened this season. No, it's, it's great to have number 15 under center. And they won last year with a bunch of rookies playing on defense and with their defensive coordinator and their position coach they'll just keep it going. So ultimately, in addition to being a dynasty, they could go down as one of the best organizations in recent sports history, certainly since the expansion era of, well, for the NFL in the Super Bowl era, but in baseball, the expansion era since 1960. That's Brooke, I'm Randy, and that's today's Fresh Take. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our buddy Chris Kerber. Blues winning their last two out of the break, and they're looking great, too. They aren't just winning, but they're winning impressively. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi electric elite contractor. Brooke and Randy and the voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber, are you still in Montreal, sir? 
We are in Montreal. The team's going to practice here today, although I don't know how many guys are going to be on the ice having played back-to-back, but uh, I think they're going to practice here today. We'll fly to Toronto. I wouldn't expect the morning skate tomorrow morning in Toronto. Did you watch the Super Bowl in French then? <laughs> no, no, they got they got English speaking. That, that would have driven me nuts. I don't speak French. <laughs> you know, I've actually come up here a couple times. I put on like Hockey Night in Canada in French, you know. But no, CBC sends it to to the Montreal folks in English, so I did. Randy, and you know what? People love to argue with me on this one, and and you've heard me say this before. But the most important player on a football team is your quarterback, right? Yeah. Okay, without a doubt. You can argue all you want, but people will be wrong. The second most important player on a football team is your kicker. The kicker, yes, sir. Yes. They they get they get you know they get chided you know some oh they're not a football player, you know. But there's only one guy on the team that when the when the when the offense can't move the ball past the thirty, they can still get you points. And look at how many games are decided on kicks or you know Buffalo wide right right. I mean just. Like, the most important player next to your quarterback on a football team is your kicker. And if San Francisco has a reliable kicker last night that uh, doesn't get one blocked, doesn't kick it low, they win it in regulation. And Harrison Bucker hits a 57-yarder and then hits the the game-tying field goal with three seconds left. He's he's clutch. You're exactly right, Curbs, no doubt about it. Kicker. Yeah, we got kickers. Kickers need love, I guess. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about these Blues outscoring the opposition 10 to 3 in their first two games out of the break. And we were all worried about the rust after the break. Uh, how impressed are you with what the Blues accomplished in Buffalo and then yesterday in Montreal? Well, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. And, and the schedule was a bit favorable for them in the sense where even though both Montreal and Buffalo had played and been practicing longer, right, these are two teams struggling throughout the season to to hover around that 500 mark. But they came out and they played really well. I was actually almost more impressed with the Buffalo game than the Montreal game because that first game back tends to be a little rusty. But Drew Bannister, uh, with a couple of great coaching moves, uh, one going with Joel Hofer, uh, worked out well there. And then the other one actually, uh, you know, starting that that Sunquist-Torovchenko line. I think Alexi Torovchenko's played back-to-back great games. That that Um, goal yesterday was really impressive. Yeah, that goal, the goal was great, and uh, we, we actually, you know, what we talked to Drew Bannister about it at Torpchenko in the pregame show, uh, and then he scored the goal with the exact play that Drew was referring to. I put that in the uh, in the curbside podcast if people want to hear it. Um, but they they just they've come on, they played really well these first two games, and, and they're starting to get the vibe. And you know, you now you you've played two games, you've got thirty one to go, you're tied for a top wild card spot, you got as much as chance as anybody at a playoff spot. And look, I've always had had fun with this topic, Randy. Like, if you say before we went on the road trip, the Blues would come home 2-1, and one, you'd say, we'll take that, right? Well, now you got a chance, and that'd be a good road trip. Uh, well, now you got a chance if you can go into Toronto and, and take care of the Maple Leafs to go 3-0, and, oh, and it turns good into great. And the difference in making the playoffs or maybe missing by a couple points is going to be like that last road trip before the break. And then this one, can you turn good into great and get that last win to be a difference maker? Curbs, I'm curious because you're around these guys all the time, especially with them on the road. And winning is always a cure-all. And as we were were talking about, they've won seven of their last eight games. And I'm sure that helps with the chemistry in the locker room. But what is their demeanor right now? Are you noticing just a big difference in how they are together? You know what? I I think it starts with the goaltending. I think they know... 
that every single night they go out there, they have a chance because their goaltending is that good. Um, you know, and, and that, that vibe is growing. Yeah, there's a coming together. What I've actually seen, Brooke, to your point, and and, and this is, I find this one, I was watching it and I just, I'm, I'm sitting back going, wow. You know, when you talk about changing core and, and you think of the, the players that we've had here in St. Louis over the last, you know, 15, 10, 8 years, that kind of thing, and now this changing core. Well, at one point in time, you saw Matt Kessel just yapping and laughing in the lobby with Joel Holfer and Jake Neighbors, and you realize, man, all these guys played together in the minors. Like, there's there's a huge – there's a big group of guys now that when you look at this team, and, and if you go through the roster real quick, you, you know, you're looking at Neighbors. You've got Sammy Blay that, w- that was down in Springfield briefly. You have Torepchenko, right? There's Nathan Walker. You've got Kessel, Callie Rosen, you know, Hofer. There, there, there's this group of guys that have the bond of riding the bus, you know, eating pizza out on a cardboard box on, a, on an eight-hour bus ride in the minor leagues that are now playing in, in the National Hockey League. And I, I think those bonds, you're starting to see impact. The, these guys like playing with and for each other, and, and you're seeing it. And, and Curbs, I would think Drew Bannister, who's now 15-7-1 as a Blues head coach, he's part of that too. Those guys not only rode the buses together and were together, but they did it with that coach too. Well, and some of these guys went to a, a Calder Cup final with him a couple years ago. So, yeah, he did it with him. He knows what it takes, uh, you know, with some of these guys. So, yeah, that, that, that history helps. And, you know, you just, you just got to get at it and, and, and you see where it goes. But, you know, I mentioned the goaltending. Look, the other reason is without a shred of doubt, without a shred of doubt, the other reason the team's having success and the reason you're 15-7-1 under Drew Bannister is your power play. First 28 games of the year, you were under 9%. Since he got here, the power play's clicking at 27%. I mean, that's a, that's a huge difference, and it's getting a power play goal early again, Buffalo, to start to, you know, turn that tide, things like that. And uh it's making a huge difference, but you're right. Winning cures all, and, and, and they're starting to feel that confidence, and a confident hockey team can be a dangerous one. Well, we talked about that we would need to see a lot more from Jordan Cairo after the All-Star break, and he started off with a bang. I mean, you, he scored twice against the Canadians. you think that this will be the start of something big for Jordan Cairo now in the second half of the season, and what are you expecting from him? Listen, I, I, know, I know a lot of people when you – when you look at Jordan Cairo, you know, you're sitting there saying, okay, obviously that big contract is there and then the points have to come with it. And that part, that part is true. All right. That part is true. But you're looking at a kid that right now has 40 points on the season. So he could end up, there's a chance that, and he's got the ability to end up with 60 plus points. Now, is it the 75 and the 73 that he had in the previous two years? No. But if you end up with 60 plus points from Jordan Cairo and he's, plus or he's even like minus four or five that's a lot different than a Jordan Cairo last year that had 73 points with minus 38 all right I mean that's that, that's a huge that's a huge difference there and if you take out the empty net goals against right mm-hmm. he, he's right at even if you take out the empty net goals for and against he's actually right at even I'd, I'd love to see the, the National Hockey League get uh, take empty net goals much like they do special team goals out of, out of that plus minus stat. So having said that, you've seen some games that were kind of like old Jordan Kyrie. You've seen more games, though, that are a better Jordan Kyrie, more conscientious. I, he won some puck battles. He, he was hounding that puck on uh, in, in Buffalo. Uh, like, 
So all in all, I, I know the point totals aren't where people think it should be, and that'll come. But Jordan Kyra is playing a better all-around game this year than he did last year, and, and that's that's why the team is where they are and one of the reasons why the team is where they are versus where they were. Finally, Curbs, from me, 12-8-1 are the Blues against the East. They've got Toronto tomorrow night. And it's, it's not like they've been terrible against the West. They pick, pick things up against the West. But the Blues continually have had success against the Eastern Conference over the years. Why do you think that is? I haven't been able to figure that out. I, th- I think that more recently or, or you know, over the last 10 years, I think that heavier style, grounded out, grinded out style of play has been a big reason for it. I was looking this up this morning, Randy. Check out these these gems for you. So the, now I realize I'm and, and there's no such thing as a broadcaster jinx. So we'll get it out there, and then we can go <laughs> sacrifice some Kentucky Fried Chicken later. There you but, go. But have <laughs> won six straight games in Toronto. Okay, six straight in Toronto. In their last twenty games in Toronto, and that takes you all the way back to the ninety seven ninety eight season. Sixteen two and two. The only regulation losses they've had in Toronto were in 97, 98, and, and, and in 15, 16. And you remember that great, Randy, that, that great game in, in November of 2000? 2000, yep. The Blues are down 5 nothing. They score 5 third. They were down 5 nothing four minutes into the third period. They scored five goals, eventually get the game winner to win 6-5. to five. And counting that game and since, they've gone 13-1-1 and one in Toronto. I mean, that, that that's just... It's, it's it's crazy kind of numbers to think that that the Blues have come up to Toronto and in the last 25 years only have two regulation losses. That's amazing. Now, some are going to say that's due, and now that I got that out, I realize I'm just going to get eight tweets out the wazoo. But <laughs> uh, that that's 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 a pretty good dominance of, of a team when you're in their building. Yep. Hey, one more th- quick thing. I, I know Dom Lecision at The Athletic. He's got the Blues with a 12% chance to make the playoffs. I'm assuming his numbers are as random as mine. So I'm going to go 28% this morning. Uh, 28% chance to, to make the playoffs for the Blues. And my number is as valid as – actually, it might be more valid than his. Yes, well, it, it, it could be. I, I Like, well, hell, the team was worse than he even predicted last year, so I don't know what to make of it. I'm – I'm so not a fan of of, of that dude. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, actually, I don't know the guy. Could be a terrific, terrific guy. I actually, I don't know the guy. I've never actually even talked to the guy. But I just, okay. They do it in all the sports. Mm-hmm. Probability of making the playoffs. How? Right. <laughs> that I, this this drives me nuts. That number could change in the next two games. It's right? the stupidest oh, thing in the world. Well, well now it's now it's thirty two percent. What happened to your freaking 12%? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. It's almost like playoff probability, like win probability, just it, – it, yeah. I mean, I know what they're doing, and I'm not a professional gambler, but uh, like, yeah. oh, okay, well, two days ago it was 12%. Now it's 25%. Oh, yeah, you're a genius. Curbs, it all comes down to who's holding that game controller. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we get the 10,000 games. We 10,000 simulated games on NHL 2K. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Life is just one big joystick. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not even going to get into expected goals today. We'll do that some other time. Oh, you're going to get me. You'll, you'll get me rolling. <laughs> like this is, like here's, here's the deal. You, but now, now, statistically, statistically, remember, we're in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving. Right. Mm-hmm. And and over I forget how many decades it's been. Right. A team that holds a playoff spot on U.S. Thanksgiving. We have to say U.S. Thanksgiving because we're at oh, yeah. an international. Right. Right. Yeah. On, 
on, on U.S. Thanksgiving, a team that holds a, a playoff spot is like a 74% chance of making the playoffs. So the Blues went from a 74% chance of making the playoffs on Thanksgiving Day, apparently, to uh, and then historical numbers will give you that, to Dom's 12%. Hmm. While they're still in a playoff spot. I don't get it. Well, Curbs, I'm 28% for me today. So you, okay. You, you, Listen, do me a favor. In an hour, will you tweet 30? <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah. It's, it, because it's ever-changing. Uh, it, it is. It, it depends on how the per- people did in the NHL 2K this morning. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> See you, brother. All right, guys. Have, have, have a great start to the week. You too. Have a good one, and we'll be tuned in tomorrow night. Sounds good. See you guys. Thanks, Curbs. That's the t- the radio voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I love my numbers. Oh, you do? Yes. Yeah. I, I love expected goals. That's one of my favorite stats out there because you really mm-hmm. could just say anything. Someone from the 636, the video probability for the Blues to win the Cup and seeing it move in 2019 was pretty neat. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember that video? That was yeah, cool. That was. Yeah. And then they, they won it. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. So, Not a high probability yeah. there for a while for them. Oh, come on. <laughs> Once these people start putting X's and Y's and Z's in their <laughs> math problems, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. You know? <laughs> that was the moment I checked yeah. out. Yeah. Just give me, give me real goals. I just want I, I want to score ten. Okay, <laughs> sure. My expected goals this weekend might have been four, but I'll take the ten. I'll take the ten. It's a way. It's a, it's a good thing. Uh, coming up, we've got the fight here on One Hundred and One ESPN. Uh, Matthew, do you need a fighter? All right, then text in three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo with your name and the word fight, and maybe Matthew will pick you to fight me next on One Hundred and One ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. Danny Mack will be back with us tomorrow, but it is now time for the fight. And our fighter today is Terry. Terry, how are you doing? I'm fine. Good morning. Good morning. Have you ever fought Randy in the fight? I have not. This is the first time. Okay. I was looking through your history and you've been texting for a while. So this is a big moment for you, right? Right. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. How did you feel about the Super Bowl yesterday before we get into this fight? It was awesome. Uh, We loved every minute of it. And of course, especially the end. There you go. Okay. You ready to take on Randy? Yes. Question number one, Terry. There were a lot of records set last night, but which career Super Bowl record did Mahomes set? Was it passing yards, touchdowns, or fumble recoveries? Passing yards. Who is the Super Bowl MVP trophy named after? Is that Paul Tagliabue, Pete Rozelle, or Paul Brown? Pete Rozelle. Question three. Prior to Mahomes' performance last night, only one quarterback had put up over 325 passing yards and 50 rushing yards in a Super Bowl. Which NFC passer was it? Was it Joe Montana, Steve Young, or Donovan McNabb? Steve Young. And there have now been nine different repeat matchups in Super Bowl history, which is the only one that featured three matchups. Steelers-Cowboys, Redskins-Dolphins, 
or 49ers Bengals? Steelers Cowboys. All right, we'll double check the score. Terry, how are you feeling? Oh, pretty good. Maybe two or three of them, I think. Okay. We were talking about probability earlier and expected goals. That's Randy's favorite stat as he walks in right now with his grapes. What did you have? What was your probability that you had going in of expected questions answered? Today? (laughs) I'm asking Terry, but yeah, I'll ask you too, Randy. Okay. Terry, what did you, what was your probability going into this one? I'd say two out of four. There you go. Okay, Randy, what is your probability going into this one? I'm also going to go two out of four. Okay. We'll see how this goes. Say okay. hi to Terry. Terry, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? I'm even better after the big win last night. Well, good for you. Congratulations. By the way, my algorithm cranks out a much higher X for you. Though. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what, three, what do you have? 3.2. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, good. We, we love numbers here. Okay, mm-hmm. you ready to take on Terry in the fight? Ready. Question number one, Randy. There were a lot of records set last night, but which career Super Bowl record did Mahomes set? Well, I, I know he set the record for most rushing yards in the Super Bowl by a quarterback for a career, so I'll go with that. Who is the Super Bowl MVP trophy named after? Uh, Super Bowl MVP trophy is named after, uh, I don't Okay, I, I I guess I need to use the the old lifeline because it's recent that they've done it. So uh, yeah, throw it out here, big boy. Is it Paul Tagliabue? No. Pete Rozelle or Paul Brown? It's the Pete Rozelle Trophy. Yeah. Question three. Yes. Prior to Mahomes' performance last night, only one quarterback had put up over 325 passing yards and 50 rushing yards in a Super Bowl. Which NFC passer was it? NFC passer. Um, I think I remember this. Uh, let's just go back, though. Um, it wasn't Eli, and I don't think it was Nick Foles. It certainly was not Kurt. Uh, he never rushed for more than 50 yards in a Super Bowl. Um, 325 and 50 rushing. Uh, there's only a couple here. Uh, Steve Young would be one possibility for me. Um Dawback never got to 300 yards passing in a Super Bowl. So I, uh, Eagles, Giants, uh, just trying to think of recent ones. Um, Steve Young seems like he could have done that in that game against the Chargers. So I will go with Steve Young. All right. And there have now been nine different repeat matchups in Super Bowl history, mm-hmm. which is the only one that featured three different matchups. Three different matchups. I believe you had. Uh, uh, hold on, let me know. You didn't have Dallas and Miami three times. Uh, you would have had Washington and Miami twice. You, uh, let's see, Niners. Uh, well, let's see. Buffalo had the two against Dallas. Denver had Green Bay. Denver's been in a lot of them. Uh, so Denver had Giants, Washington, Green Bay, and then in the other two, uh, no, Giants, Washington. Who else did they get drilled by in the first round of uh, their Super Bowls? Before they played Green Bay, beat them in Atlanta. So it's it's not Denver. Uh, I, I can rule them out. Raider, Raiders, they wouldn't have had it. Um, Niners, 
would not have had three, uh, well, let's see, Niners, Kansas City, Niners, Kansas City. No. Uh, and then Kansas City has other ones, Tampa, uh, Vikings. No. Um, so I'm just trying to think of the teams that had multiple. Tam- uh, so maybe with the 10 that New England had or nine that New England had, they had the Rams twice. Uh, they had Philadelphia twice, but not a third time. Uh, this is a tough question. Okay, three times. I, I already use the lifeline. So, okay, sorry about the time, kids. But I just <laughs> oh, gotta, I, I was waiting for the yeah. text to come in to say, yeah, put the, the, Randy on a clock. They'll come on, but <laughs> I, I, I can only go through the teams so much, right? So so fast. So I'm. Uh, let's just go through the, let's see, Cowboys and Steelers. Oh, uh, Cowboys and Steelers three times. There you go. Twice in the Steelers run. Uh, and then the one w- uh, in 1995, Cowboys and Steelers. So, yeah, the, the one. Yeah, I, I'll go Cowboys Steelers. Okay. Now here's a little thing here, everybody. Mm. On uh, because I'm not sure we have a winner or if we're going to go to a tiebreaker. Oh, okay. here's the thing. Uh-oh. Randy Carricker did not select one of the selections in number one because I. But he was correct in what he said. Because I, I, had a, I had a list last night, an article that listed all the records set last night. And they did not list the one you came up with, which is correct. He did set that career rushing record for quarterbacks in a Super Bowl. And so because of that, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you number one. You better. And because I'm going to give you number one, we have a winner in today's fight. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Car Shield. Plans to fit any budget. Visit carshield.com today. I sound like Blue's Clues when I do it. How do you do the air horn? <laughs> Just win. Oh, there, sorry. Sometimes it likes to hide oh, from us. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So here, here, here's why there was a little bit of a discrepancy, and I'm sorry, Terry, because of because of question one, he did beat you three to two today. You guys both right around your X questions correct on that one. Nicely done. And here's I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it a little bit better. On number one, the question was there were a lot of records set last night. Which career Super Bowl record did Mahomes set? Now Terry answered this question incorrectly. The question that I had down correctly, which was Pat Mahomes now does hold the career Super Bowl record for fumble recoveries with four fumble recoveries mm. in his career because he fell on three last night. Um, but Randy was. Correct. Correct. That was not in the article I found with all the new Super Bowl records set last night. He is also now passing Joe Montana, the leading rusher for a quarterback across his four Super Bowls. So we're giving Randy the point on number one. Well done, Randy. Pulling out a correct answer that was not even on the sheet. That's impressive. Uh, the Super Bowl MVP trophy is named after Pete Rozelle. Prior to Mahomes' performance last night, only one quarterback had put up over 325 passing yards and 50 rushing yards in a Super Bowl. Steve Young did not pass the 325 uh-huh. passing yard threshold, but Joe Montana did. Joe Montana, the only one uh, okay. to do it prior to Mahomes. And nine different repeat matchups in the Steelers and the Cowboys is the only one that has gone three different times. So, a 3-2 win for Randy Carricker in the fight today. Terry, you did a very good job. You almost forced the tiebreaker. Nicely done, sir. Yes, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Thank, thank you, Terry. you, Terry. Great to have you with us, and uh, have us a happy Super Bowl Monday, and congratulations on your win in the Super Bowl. Kicking off and over. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Terry with us on 101 ESPN. <laughs> All right, pitchers and catchers reports for spring training tomorrow. First full squad workout, or at least pitchers and catchers workout, will be on Wednesday, Valentine's Day. What would be the worst case scenario? Is there a best case scenario for the spring for the Cardinals? And uh, 
what would the surprise be? We, we, we kind of talked during a commercial about what the worst would be, but we want to do the best because we're positive people here on 101 well, we ESPN. we still should talk about the worst. Eh, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, Brooke, what do you not want to hear tomorrow on the first day of spring training as pitchers and catchers report and take physicals for the Cardinals? So I can do worst case scenario? Yes, you can. Oh, you said you said that we weren't going to be able to. I'll do, best, I'll do sunshine lollipops. Okay, worst case scenario. Hold on a second. Wait a what? second. What, what, I know I don't believe in it, but you're going to put this out in the universe? Well, no, I don't okay. want to put negative things All out right. in the universe. Please don't We're come. If this happens, please don't come after me, okay? Please, I'm not. I want to. Okay, I want to clarify. I'm not asking for this. We are just putting out worst case scenario. Because, Randy, rephrase it or give me the question again, and then I'll, uh, I'll answer it. Okay, here is the question for you. Pitchers and catchers report for the Cardinals tomorrow. Is there a best case scenario for the spring for them? Health, surprises, winning? Does it matter? And what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is Sonny Gray is injured. Oh, no. Don't say that about it. I don't want that to happen, of course. I'm just saying, if we're talking about worst-case scenario, something that could just really disrupt this season for the Cardinals would be Sonny Gray. But Why would Sonny Gray sign so quickly when everybody else waited? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are we going, like, full NFL conspiracy right now? Yes, we just did. (laughs) There's something scripted here. There's something suspicious. There's something fishy going on. Come on. And, Randy, you would know the script for the Cardinals because, of course, a lot of people think that you're on the DeWitt's payroll. So are you revealing something to us right now? Well, no. Here's the thing. Number one, I haven't received a check. So there is talk that I'm on the payroll. Yeah, it's late. Or it got lost in the mail, which happens now with USPS. Uh, But my thing is, right now, uh, even though I'm on the payroll, they aren't giving me the script. Mm. But I've got a best case scenario for you, and that is that everybody that had injuries last year, Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman, Tommy Edmond, that they show up, and uh, and this obviously is before pitchers and catchers, and they are good to go. And all those guys are going to be down there uh, by tomorrow or the day after. They're going to be participating and getting involved. Uh, so that's the best case scenario. For me, the worst case scenario is that these veteran pitchers, seasoned pitchers that the Cardinals have, that have a lot of miles on them, show themselves to not be 100% healthy right off the bat. And there have been multiple times where the Cardinals have showed up to spring training, and shown up to spring training, and for whatever reason, especially pitchers, aren't healthy. And that is troubling, but the Cardinals have done physicals on everybody that they signed in free agency, and they believe that they're in good shape to go. But something always goes wrong. And I, I yeah. hope not. Well, yeah. and this season definitely is different for various reasons. One, you don't have the World Baseball Classic. Adam Wainwright mm-hmm. got injured during yeah. the World Baseball Classic. It seemed like that really threw a lot of guys off and could have also potentially led to other injuries that we saw from people mm-hmm. last season. You hope. I think the biggest thing that you're just hoping for is that everybody's fully healthy. As you mentioned, Brennan Donovan, I think he's going to be a big part of the Cardinals, not only as a clubhouse leader and the way that he's able to help guys, because that's something during winter warm-up, so many young 
guys, veteran guys, were talking about Brendan Donovan and how good mm-hmm. of a leader he is. I think that he is a big part of this team, not only offensively, but for his leadership capabilities, but also Tommy Edmond. Because think about how things can just really quickly fall apart. We saw it happen last year. If you have a couple of these injuries, how it can just really throw things off of the plan of what you're hoping for. And of course, nothing ever goes to plan, but you can mm-hmm. really see how things would fall out of place if Tommy Edmond isn't full health or mm-hmm. fully healthy. Brendan Donovan isn't fully healthy. Some of the other guys aren't fully healthy, or there's a key injury there. My because my other best case scenario is that Sonny Gray is completely healthy. The whole starting rotation is completely completely healthy. I think that that is a big part of the success for the Cardinals this season. As things unfold in games, and I hope that there is legitimate competition on this staff. And I know that that's not realistic. That four of those starting rotation spots are spoken for basically four and three quarters because there's very little chance of Matt's losing his hold on a starting spot. So mm-hmm. it's going to be Gray, Lynn, Gibson, Michaelis, Matt's. That's predictable. But I hope that Thompson and Libertor make it very, very difficult for the Cardinals to make a decision on the back end of the rotation. I would really like it. I think that Zach Thompson has a lot of potential, especially if they just let him be a starter. I'm Mm -hmm. concerned about we go through that like we did with him last season. Now, was he great coming out of the pen? Yes, but we saw how things just really went the opposite way from when he was kind of being drugged back and forth. He was in the bullpen, then he was a starter, then he was in the pen. It it was just too much back and forth. I like that we're going to the season where he's prepping as a starter because I think that he could potentially, if there is an injury, really slide into that role and help the starting rotation. Now, we got some text. This one's funny. From the 618, it made me laugh. Considering last year's spring to last year's record, I'll take spring with zero wins, please. Oh, I would like that. Yeah. If, <laughs> I, I, I think we're in lockstep here in thinking that sp- spring training results don't matter. Mm-hmm. They really don't. What you want to do is get the most out of your players. Now, more for a veteran team, and this is pretty much a veteran team, but you want to see players get better, ascend. You want to see Mason Wynn not be overwhelmed at the plate. You want to see Ivan Herrera not be overwhelmed at the plate. You want to see a proper launch angle from Jordan Walker. Those are the sorts of things that we need to be looking for in spring training. Exactly. Best case scenario, Ivana Herrera plays like an all-star, moving Contreras to DH, making Gorman trade bait for a star pitcher. Whoa, there's Ooh, a lot of stuff happening there. Yeah, I would like that. There was a rumor floating around this weekend that the Yankees are still hot after Dylan Cease, by the way. I can see that. Which makes sense because they offered a nice contract to Blake Snell, and he didn't take it. He wants nine years, which is crazy. And... Uh, They have apparently what it would take to get Dylan Cease. I want to go back to Zach Thompson for one second, because in September, when they put him back in the rotation, seven innings, he allowed three earned runs. Five innings, he allowed three earned runs. Five innings, he allowed four earned runs. Five innings, he allowed four earned runs. And then five and a third, and he allowed two earned runs. But the the Cardinals, they just weren't catching many balls at that point. They had so many injuries, and things were going bad for them. And he turned in some really nice outings, even though – the numbers might not reflect those nice outings. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that Zach Thompson finds his way into the Cardinal rotation somehow. I'd like to see some ute in that rotation. I agree with you. I think that that would be huge for him. Now, okay, say that something happens to somebody from the starting rotation. Jordan Montgomery is still available. He's still out there. If you're the Cardinals, would you go sign him? I want to see. No, I would not. I, I want to see Zach Thompson and I want to see Libertor. I want to see those guys get an opportunity. So... I I like but you Jordan could have Montgomery. more of a sure thing with Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, but is here's the thing: 
Jordan Montgomery would come in and be the nominal Cardinals number one, but he's not what they need. And if you're going to sign Jordan Montgomery, you're at least looking at five years and $125 million. Boris isn't going to take less than that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it makes sense for the Cardinals to give him the long-term contract when they have so many big money guys that are going to come up, including hopefully Jordan Walker. Uh, they've already signed Edmund, obviously, but in, in not too long of a time, they're going to have to sign some of their own guys and keep them around. And I would hate for Jordan Montgomery, who I like a lot, to prevent them, from, because they're going to have a budget, from keeping guys around. Yeah, I agree with you. That is Brooke. I am Randy. Coming up, we've got a quick Rush Hour read here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Nine oh six in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler from the five seven three. Brooke needs to find a new job. Bye. <laughs> Brooke, you just found a new job. Aww. Come on, why don't you like us anymore? Well, guys, it's nice knowing you. Um, I'm taking off my headset right now. This person says they have to resign, so I got to I got to go. No. I got to go. Oh, don't, I'm don't so go. sorry. No, don't go. It was nice knowing you uh, all. This, it was so nice. This <laughs> same person though provided a Carrie Davis and Marshy should resign right now. End of story. So there's we, we got to go. We're not going to have much of a staff left. <laughs> you are going to be alone here. <laughs> and I replied, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, if we listen to this guy, I'm Ryder, so are you are you good for on-air shifts from now on? <laughs> no, you're not? Okay. So I don't know how we're going to fill in the hours. Oh. Yeah. Uh, last night, the Super Bowl. Okay. A couple of things. Did you have a favorite commercial or two? Uh, can I be honest? There, I really didn't like some of the commercials this okay. year. I didn't know if they were that great, but I did like the. I feel like a lot of people like the Dunkin' Donuts one. That was great. Dunkings. I thought that was great. I thought yeah. the Paramount. Tom, you can stay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. The Paramount one felt like a fever dream. Did you guys see that one? Yes. That felt like a fever. That dream. That was odd for me. It's it's what they chose for referential humor, which is that I didn't expect. Such a blatant <laughs> twins reference. Yeah. In 2024, mm-hmm. I loved the neighbor, um, you know, joke with with Arnold Schwarzenegger in that commercial. I just didn't see a twins reference with Danny DeVito coming into it, being like, right, right. "That's that the funny. home one we're going to drive through." Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I say that as somebody who my other two favorites had to be Nick Offerman and uh, Audrey Plaza being good. in it, one yep. together. Oh, and okay, then yeah. I'm a sucker anytime. I'm always a sucker for Donald Faison and Zach Braff because I love Scrubs. But then you throw in Jason Momoa, and I love that. Commercial. Yeah, I I liked the Paramount Plus one because of Creed. You guys know I'm a big oh, Creed, yeah, Creed fan. By the way, they're coming here. I think it's September. I already uh-huh. signed up my name Can you on sing the for us? Shoot. Yes. Oh, yeah, I gotta. Go ahead, oh, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go to uh, that. But you gotta sing for us right now. No, you guys don't want. I, look, somebody already asked me to quit, Randy. That's, I'm gonna run. People are gonna run me out of here. Can place where? <laughs> I'm okay. definitely. Uh, I'm definitely getting laid off now. Anyways, I, I love um, the M&Ms one with Dan Marino and Terrell Owens and Bruce Smith, the the Super Bowl 
comfort one, uh, ring oh, ring of comfort. The Michael Sarah one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and, that was good. Uh, Beyonce breaking Verizon. Yeah. Couldn't break Verizon. That was really funny. I oh. also always like just the classic. I, I think most people go for funny, but I always like the classic Budweiser ones. It's everything that you I expect. Weird. I was you disappointed didn't think it was by weird? that. Really? I like the nostalgia. I always like that kind of stuff. So I didn't think it was that I guess oh, it wasn't that with exciting. The yeah, the Clydesdales one. The Clydesdales one with the dog. Yeah, yeah, you give me Clydesdales. Are you the talking dog. about the Bud Light yeah, one? Yeah, the Bud Light one is what oh, I was thinking. That was weird. That one was weird. I didn't get yeah. that. But the, what, yeah. the, the Mick Ultra one early was good. With Messi? Yeah. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, that, that was good. Let me, uh, there was, I was actually putting this stuff into my phone. I was actually working ahead last night, guys. You would, Are you shocked? Um, Everyone's saying <laughs> no. the Christopher Walken one was really, yeah, that one was yeah, really Christopher good. Christopher Walken BMW was, was really good. Oh, the Hellman's with the cat. That was funny. That was a Mm. Um, and uh, but Dunkings was great. Uh, oh, and then the Uber Eats—you you have to forget something if you get Uber Eats. The one with um, oh yeah, Jennifer yeah. Aniston, and uh, we were together for ten years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a. I love the Beyonce one because first of all, her uh, Tony Hale being in the in the. Mm-hmm. And with her, I love yeah. that because like the guy from Veep is just fantastic. Yeah. I, I think that he was freaking out the entire time they were shooting that. But also the fact that she dropped music off at the at the end of the commercial, and then she hit two songs on Twitter that popped up, and you're like, oh my god, she actually is dropping music. And it wasn't a big thing; it was just like, all right, fine, drop the music. And you're like, wait, wait, how did that commercial just end? That <laughs> yeah. was genius. Yeah, somebody, was, <laughs> somebody from the three one four. The funniest one oh. was Kennedy for president. I couldn't stop laughing. That, Can I be honest? I didn't know genius. that he was running for it's president. Real. Yeah. That was genius. I had by the no way. idea he was running for president. Yeah. And that's not, I know we're not getting political here, but I'm being dead serious. I didn't, I thought that he wasn't. I knew that he was doing something politically, yeah, I but I didn't know he was running for president. I didn't even know there was one. Is that RFK Jr.? Yes. And, okay. and, and I I know it from Mad Men, because in Mad Men, there's an arc with that with that election. And so they play that ad in the oh. TV show. So I knew the ad as the original, as soon as it popped up because of a Mad Men episode. And I'm like, okay. This is kind of a fun. This is a genius ad no. in a lot of ways because that's a fun old, you know, nostalgic ad. But okay. I was I was at the Super Bowl party and literally everybody in the room was like, "He's running for president." Here's the thing: <laughs> How cool would it be to run as an independent and have literally, literally no chance to win, but spend seven million dollars anyway? <laughs> seven million. <laughs> Seven million dollars. Yeah. No chance, and he has no chance. And that was he. He must. He could have handed the money to us. He could have flushed it down the toilet. He could have helped save dogs. He could have done something good with that seven million dollars. Yet, or was it a sixty? It was only a thirty, right? I think it was. You know, it was only a thirty. It felt yeah. like a long time. Yeah, it, it really the, did. Because it came up. You're yeah. like, what's this? He, he could have given it to the APA of Greater St. Louis and <laughs> done a lot better things with that seven million dollars. I can't believe how expensive those commercials are. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. But we, now, we are talking about them. It's true. Now, the commercial I hated the most that played, I felt like several times, was the Tamu one, which oh, I Tino, thought- yeah, yeah, Tamu. No, it's called it is. Tamu. Tamu, Is it Tamu? Yeah, it's yeah. Tamu. I, I thought it was Timu going into it. I'm like, oh, too. apparently it's Tamu. I thought oh. it was Timu, but then that's kind of, I guess, the purpose of the commercials because they kept saying Tamu. It's like this little jingle over and over again. Please, if you have never used that app before, do not use that app. Yeah, don't trust really? it. Please, because it will steal your information, which I know you could argue oh, that a lot really? of different sites steal your uh-huh. information, but they steal your information and they, uh, it's just, and almost, a lot of people have been scammed on that Yeah, app. I, I thought that was the more than It's almost like, remember Wish.com? It, it reminds me of that, yes. but please don't use it. You're, you're going to get scammed. Okay. Then, okay. I guess. I guess. I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but I mean, other than the beginning sound mixing being a little off, I thought it was a pretty good halftime show. 
Hmm. I, I, I'm surprised there's some people. I, I, I see. I'm seeing some hate for it, but I mean, oh. the commercials might not have been the best, but I thought they were pretty good. I'm fine with it. I, I, you know, and that's. Uh, I don't listen to Usher when I'm driving around. I, I, but I'm, I'm fine with Usher. I, I like him, I, and I, I, he seems like a, just a great guy, <laughs> by the way. No, he does. He, he does. I, yeah. I, there, there was a feature on him on CBS Sunday Morning, and, and he's the kind of guy that you want to have people look up to. He's he's a really I, good human being. Uh, but I have... I just have different tastes. Now, I, I, I would have rather watched the Katy Perry halftime show or the, or the J-Lo or Prince or Michael Jackson. You're a big left shark guy. Yeah, oh, big left shark guy, yeah. Uh, Bruno Mars, I thought, I thought Bruno Mars was... But, Fantastic. But, yeah, but, but, but you have so many of them. It's hard to say this is the best or this is the worst, but it's middle of the pack. It's fine for me. I think it was definitely a millennial thing. I think it was definitely big for the millennials having Usher out there. I know that there's older generations that also like Usher, but, I mean, you had Usher, Jermaine Dupree that came out. You had Alicia I mean, Ludacris. Keys, Ludacris. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it just because it brought back a lot of memories of, I mean, going out and getting that CD. I remember buying that confession CD and playing that over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Really? Yeah. Uh, did you guys like the drumstick one, by the way? Uh, it was... Um, the drumstick oh, one. Yeah. Do- Dr. Umstick. Yeah, Dr. Umstick. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That was That was a good one, too. Yeah. All right, so there's the commercials here on 101 ESPN. Coming up... Uh, Oh, our buddy Jim Onder from Onder Law is going to be with us in studio. He had a commercial, too. And we're going to talk about that and more next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy, you know, you know, normally I kind of analyze the games as I'm watching them myself, and I don't really pay much attention to the analysts, but I made it a point last night because Tony Romo has been under so much heat for his bad performances. I thought Tony Romo had a good night last night in the booth. I thought he and Nance were strong, and I thought Tony Romo did a really good job of analyzing the game and being his typical fun self. I, I agree with you. I think that... And I understand some of the aspects of why Tony Romo has been criticized a lot more this season, where it seems like his preparation maybe isn't the same as we saw earlier on. And maybe that's just him being away from the game and those players. It's been a little bit, he's been a little bit past that. But at the same time, I thought I liked what he had to say. And Jim Nance is one of my favorite broadcasters of all time. So I'm always going to enjoy Jim Nance. But to me, I think a lot of people were pointing out Tony Romo continues to point out the obvious. But I think about how maybe sometimes it's obvious for a lot of NFL fans, mm-hmm. but you also are welcoming in new people into the sport. And what if you're if you're new to the sport, what are you going to watch? You're going to watch the big game. You're going to yep. watch the Super Bowl. You're going to watch the playoffs because that's where you're really probably going to get into it more. You're not just going to watch a random regular season game. So I like how he does break it down for everyone to understand. And maybe it's a little too easy for people who are obvious mm-hmm. NFL fans, but I think he plays into more of like making it easier to understand for everybody, if, even if you're new to it. And I only want to spend a minute on this, but we had two TV goings, one going, one with the Nickelodeon broadcast. I yeah. wish I would have just watched the Nickelodeon broadcast because apparently it was hilarious. <laughs> I love the Nickelodeon broadcast. Yeah, fantastic. I think I think it's really funny, and I think it's great for kids for them to watch that, but even as adults, yeah, you fantastic. gotta enjoy it too, yeah. because it's so yep. different. <laughs> so, Brooke, I was on my way over to the Two Fox when 
I was I went on with Martin Kilcoin where literally nobody was watching. We could have said the F word and nobody would have noticed. Randy, don't well, say that. I I watch you and Martin all the time. I'll did you watch, watch you last guys. night while the Super Bowl was um, going on? Some I thought that I recorded it. Oh yeah, you but, probably did. <laughs> but that's but anyway, I was listening to Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner mm-hmm. uh, and Kurt Warner was wondering why didn't uh Kyle Shanahan defer for the the start of overtime. Why not force Kansas City to take the ball so that you know what to do? And that's a great question. And for me, if you think you're going to score a touchdown, if you're that confident in your offense, then you should take the ball first. But at that point, after four quarters and only scoring a couple of touchdowns, one of them on a trick play, I don't know if you're Kyle Shanahan, how you could have been real confident about scoring first. So the, the argument for taking the ball first is really difficult to justify. Yeah, I and the thing is is I see both sides of it, right? Because you want the ball you want the ball first. You really think deferring is really going to impact how the Chiefs approach the situation because it's Patrick Mahomes, but then you see the other side of it is where I don't know if I'd want a situation where Patrick Mahomes has the ball last. And your defense just did get off the field. So I yeah. can see a lot of different sides of it, but then again, your defense was kind of the whole reason why you were performing so well the entire game. As we were talking about it came down to little mistakes. I can see both sides of it. It's just very interesting that Kyle Shanahan finds himself in this situation once again where it's a devastating loss in a devastating fashion for him when his team was coached really well and played really well throughout the entirety of the game. He just... he makes some, as a head coach, some yeah. of those questionable moves. Well, and, there were some moments where it got a little too cute towards the end, Right, you could say. Yeah, and the other part of it, and I, I know a lot of people have brought this up this morning, from my perspective, because I said last week that I thought both teams should run the ball because the pass rushes were both going to be so fierce. Well, Kansas City's able to run the ball with their quarterback. I didn't think that, uh, and this is just my opinion, I didn't think that Christian McCaffrey got his hands on the ball enough in that game. No, I was kind of surprised that we didn't see him more throughout the game. And I know that he kind of broke it up in a little bit more there in the second half, but I was kind of surprised we didn't see him more. Yeah, 22 carries for 80 yards. He caught 8 for 80, so he he touched the ball 30 times. But there were times there where he was running it so well, and they could have taken some, they could have given some pounding out to that Kansas City defense and they didn't do it. Going back to Kyle Shanahan, he was asked why he took the ball at the beginning of overtime last night. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, that none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold him to at least a field goal. And if if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. That's reasonable. If you if the game is going to go to sudden death, you want to be the first to have the ball in sudden death. That, I I can buy that. We're we're getting some texts in, and I saw some people talking about this on social media last night to the point of what he's saying where. From the 636, stories on the internet are saying that 49 players admitted that they didn't know the new playoff rules. I don't know if I buy that. I think they... they, they, Yeah, well, Uh, but you think the players, though, they know the rules. Kyle Shanahan knows the rules. Remember when uh, there was that tie game, a regular season tie game, where Donovan McNabb didn't know the rules? That's true, but I mean, you would assume that Shanahan does. Oh, yeah, but I, I thought that... It was just a 15-minute overtime, mm. and that at the when the clock ticked zero zero zero, that it was over. But a team 
if they have not completed their first possession yet, then they go to a second overtime quarter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, this this is actually the quote from uh, Yahoo Sports. Multiple San Francisco players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, and strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead said that he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk said he resumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy, quote quote from Kyle Juszczyk. See, I knew that. Also, McCole Hard- Pat Mahomes said that McCole Hardman didn't know the game was over when he caught that touchdown pass. Yeah. He, Pat Mahomes said, he ran up to him and said, you just won the game. Yeah, oh, he had, and McCole he had Hardman no didn't idea. realize. Wait, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah so you're McCole right. McCole Hardman didn't know. Wow. Okay, so I, I understand the players not understanding. And it is very confusing because I did for a moment think that it, because you were talking about too how you didn't realize how the rules are different. I for a moment too thought it was going to be the same as it is during the regular season, but then they put up that graphic of the rules. Did you see that, that they had pop up? You no, know, I was probably in my car. Oh, sorry, I forgot. You were, you were talking I'm to Mark. I'm over to the two yes, Fox. Yeah. And I, I recorded that, so I'll yeah. go back and watch that okay. later. Yeah, but great, thanks. <laughs> but when, the, when they were talking about the rule change, I was like, oh, I forgot about about this, but I just kind of assumed that both teams would know that going in. Maybe I understand the players, but surely Kyle Shanahan knew it. He knew it. Yeah, because he talked about getting yeah. the ball third. I did, the, yeah. the one thing I didn't know was that you get to complete your first possession. So whether they would have scored or not, if they just kick a field goal at the end of the first overtime, the, obviously it would have gone to a second overtime. But I was my question would have been if I were able to watch was when you are throwing the ball at the end of overtime Mm. was there a chance that you could have lost the game with three seconds on the the play started with 10 seconds left on the clock but it either way it would have gone into the the second overtime period not quarter so do you think it was a mistake by kyle shanahan for not deferring no i think his uh, his Logic there is sound, you, if because it goes to sudden death once you you have a second, and by the way, Bolton almost had that pick. Mm-hmm. But once you have a second possession, then it's sudden death. Well, and then either way, the G, the Chiefs' defense has been so good this season that I feel like in any situation, the. Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs and their defense this season, they've been so battle-tested, and their experience, to me, is what showed off in overtime. Yeah, You knew what was going to happen. Either way, it felt like you knew what was going to happen. And Didn't the, you feel like that? Totally. And, and the experienced coaching, as Shanahan said, we're all inexperienced in this. Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo have seen everything. So that's another big part of it. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, more college football head coaches are leaving head coaching jobs to do something else. Is college football that messed up that people don't even want to be head coaches anymore? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs. Friday was really interesting. Bill O'Brien, who had just been hired as the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, took the Boston College head coaching job, which was vacated by Jeff Halfley, their head coach, who decided to become the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. So O'Brien replaces Halfley, and to replace Bill O'Brien, Ohio State goes to UCLA. UCLA and takes their head coach, Chip Kelly, one of the biggest names in the business, to become 
the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Now, Kelly was the mentor for Ryan Day. They're both from New Hampshire. They had worked together in the past. But, Brooke, I was absolutely stunned to see that a coach, regardless of how much money he's making, would leave UCLA as their head coach to become an offensive coordinator anywhere. But what's it tell you about where college football is right now? To me, it says that the era of NIL and the transfer portal has undeniably affected college football's coaching carousel. I think that's 100% what you're seeing happening here is because a lot of those coaches who I would say more veteran and more experienced, they just want to coach, Randy. They just want to coach. And I understand that they have always had to deal with, you know, recruiting. That's nothing new. But this is a whole new era where it is a business without people directly acknowledging it's a business. We're still calling student athletes student athletes. Mm -hmm. We're getting to the point where they're just athletes and it's also an amateur sport because they're getting paid. So I can understand that as a head coach navigating those waters of NIL, then on top of that, you have the NCAA breathing down your necks where they're trying to find some sort of relevance still. Mm -hmm. And they're all over these coaches. They're all over these schools. How do you have any breathing room as a head coach? And I know that we'll get some texts and it says, well, they're making millions of dollars. Of course they are. And I don't deny that, that when you take that role, that you understand the responsibility that comes with it, and you have the pay that kind of helps relieve some Mm -hmm. stress at the end of the day. But I mean, think about Nick Saban. At his age, as much as he was traveling around, all the things that he had to do, then you have to deal with NIL, then you have to deal with Transfer Portal, you have to re-recruit your players probably just about every season and even during the season, so you don't have to worry about the Transfer Portal, but that opportunity is always there for the players, and they're fully aware of that. Maybe we should change the way we refer to a college or maybe even a, even a pro head coach, maybe we should call them a team CEO or a manager <laughs> yeah. like we do in baseball because coaches don't really get to coach anymore. And according to Pete Thamel at ESPN, the reasoning behind Kelly's UCLA departure comes down to an affinity to coach again, spurred in part by UCLA's quarterbacks uh, in the lead-up to the Bruins Bowl game this year. It's the first time in more than a decade that Kelly coached a position. And Halfley said the same thing, that he wasn't able to coach anymore. So there's a difference between between being a head coach and a manager. And I don't blame these guys. And we get texts that you don't – I don't feel sorry for the coaches. But uh, no. a text that says, I hate this topic. The game has changed for the better. Coaches can't rely on their name or school and lie to kids that they'll play uh, and then just hoard talent. The old heads now have competition that they didn't and they don't like it, so they're leaving – because they won't adapt. I don't think that that's the case with a guy like Jeff Halfley uh, I, I, I think, or Kelly. I think they just want to coach. Now, I can see how some veterans like a Nick Saban would be upset that because of NIL and the transfer portal, he's not able to get and keep the four- and five-star guys that he once was able to. And I'm sure there are some guys that are upset about that. But what it comes down to for me, and by the way, two head coaches left their jobs to become mm-hmm. coordinators at Alabama as well. And Alabama's offensive coordinator, who was with Kalen DeBoer at Washington, just left for the Seahawks, but that's another thing altogether. But to me, it does come down to the de- desire of these coaches to actually be able to coach players again. That's what it is. They just want to be able to coach. And 
look, I, I don't I understand that they're making a lot of money and this is just the way it is right now. I personally think that NIL is a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the players that we're actually putting it out there in the forefront of where they are actually getting money and it's not behind closed doors or should I say in uh, cheeseburger bags or you know different things like <laughs> right. that. It, you're actually having this out in the open. Randy, this has been going on behind the scenes for I mean a long, long time when you're talking about NIL, but now it's actually happening. But even for the players who are not in football or basketball, the big money sports, this finally gives players a, a way where they could also get money on the side. They can use their name, image, and likeness for once to even host camps or different things like that. They they can actually have a lot more control of that. Another reason why, going back to Chip Kelly leaving, I think it has a lot to do, too, with the dismantling of the Pac-12 or the dissolving, yeah. I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and having to navigate those waters. And yes, there's more money in the Big Ten, but now what is all that going to look like, that transition? Well, and maybe he didn't want to have a team that had to fly across the country four or five times this year to go to whatever their schedule is, Rutgers, Michigan, yeah. Ohio State. It's, it, it's not, it is pro football. It's not as easy as it was for him. And I'm sure that for some people, it's not going to be nearly as easy to get a chance to win the Big Ten as it would have been to win a Pac-12. He never really got it going at UCLA, but they would have kept him around at least for another year. But at the end of the day, I, I, I really do believe these coaches when they say that they want to coach. And by the way, I got the impression that Eli Drinkwitz was kind of bored by being the CEO, that he really likes coaching too. Not that he doesn't like the job, but it's different now that he's not the offensive coordinator anymore, and he is the CEO. It just makes a lot of sense. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz is a coach that you could definitely use an example. There's a reason why his name has been brought up in all of these big head coaching vacancies that you saw in college football, because he has navigated NIL and he has navigated the transfer portal so well. But remember, he even said in that interview when they announced that Nick Saban was leaving, that he likes the product on the field. It's the Mm -hmm. business model that is not currently working for college football. And that that goes back to the, the, the roots of why we're seeing what we're seeing with these coaches. It, it's fun to watch. I know for the coaches, they think it's a mess, mm-hmm. but they've done pretty well. Co- we don't have to feel sorry for any of no. these coaches. And the players have done really well they've with NIL. Really well yeah, so, <laughs> they've done really, really well. Yeah. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we're going to give away some Luke Bryan tickets. He's coming in concert, and we've got rock and roll for you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley, I'm Randy Carricker. The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. And one of the cool Super Bowl commercials that we saw yesterday was a local spot for Onder Law. And Jim Onder from Onder Law is with us now in studio here on 101 ESPN. Good to see you. Great to see you as well. How uh, how did you feel about the way everything unfolded yesterday? Oh, it was great. Yeah, I, there were three pregame spots and mm-hmm. the... Uh, the game time spot right after the you know halftime, which was awesome, and then a post game spot. Yes, a, a lot of under law visibility there for a lot of people, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we had a, we, we had a lot of fun. I absolutely loved it because I was able to recognize every single character that you guys were portraying in there. So just kind of talk about the process of coming up with the idea of that commercial. You know, we were down at Cool Fire Studios, our, our the uh, 
production facility, and you know, we were sitting around a table brainstorming and coming up with what's ideas. What you know, and we came up. Why, why do people like insurance companies? You know, everybody has a complaint about insurance company not paying mm-hmm. or doing this bad or that bad. But people seem to love insurance companies, and the idea, whereas lawyers maybe not so much. And the <laughs> idea came up of you know. That's because of those lovable mascots. They, they go on TV and they, they look all cute and fun and like they're your best friends. And we thought, you know, why not use mascots uh, to uh, kind of teach people the tricks of the trade, so, so to speak? Yeah, it, it, uh, it drives me crazy that I, I see a mascot and then have trouble getting money out of the insurance company when I pay my, my premiums all the time. It kind of bothers me. You get mad at the mascot. Like, yeah, you want I do. to take you would take it out on flow. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so you you guys at Underlaw named the top law firm in St. Louis in 2023, and I know things have people think it's an overnight success story, but it's not. You've been around for a while, but you must be really proud of how far your firm has come in the last few years. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, you know, started practicing law 35 years ago, and you know, over time, you know. I think lawyers knew us, but we never really advertised. We just kind of flew under the radar, got great results for our clients, and you know, we're relatively modest about it. And I have you know five kids, all of whom want to be lawyers, and I figured, you know what, I better expand this firm, or uh, they're not going to have <laughs> enough business. So we uh, decided it'd be a great idea to team up with uh, you know stations like ESPN and uh, expand our reach and. Let people know uh, a little more about us. You didn't want to say, hey, you don't want to do this. This is a lot of work being a lawyer. <laughs> oh, no. I, the running joke in my family is you can do anything you want to do, be anything you want to be, as long as you go to law school. And, there- <laughs> <laughs> and, and I really mean it. I, I don't care if they practice law or not, but I, I just think law is just a great education. <laughs> hey, I want to ask about the thought process of getting involved, because it's not cheap to get involved with the Super Bowl. Uh, what was the thought process in somebody said, hey, let, let's get on the Super Bowl. What was the thought process going into that? Yeah. You know. We had this great idea of the mascots and kind of teaching lessons or what to look out for with the insurance companies by using mascots and teach the lessons. And what better place to launch, you know, the whole campaign than at the Super Bowl where, you know, all eyes are on the TV. And we want everybody to go to getgym.com, right? Uh, that's the website? Yeah, check it out or, or uh Look for us on Facebook and vote for your favorite character. Yeah, that's a Ooh, great idea. I think I'm going to put mine yeah. in for Rafe. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a great, he's a character. Yes, yes. No doubt about it. <laughs> Quite a character. Yeah. Good to see you, Jim. And congratulations on the success of the law firm and on the, on the Super Bowl ads. They were fantastic. Oh, great. Thanks for having us. Thank you Thank very much. You. Appreciate it. Jim Onder, Onder Law, here with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Great to see Jim. Hey, we've got Luke Bryan tickets to give away. Your chance to score a pair of lawn tickets to see Luke Bryan. Are you Do going your to the- country voice. Oh, yeah. Luke Luke Bryan is going to be here July 28th at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. (laughs) And you can find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to see Luke Bryan at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. Am I getting it right? Does this sound like Nicheville? No, you're doing great, Randy, actually. Uh, You can get a pair of tickets for Luke Bryan (laughs) on sale now, or you can text in. Our number, 314-399-9646, 314-399-9646, for your chance to win free <laughs> tickets the to the Yo-ho. show. Yo-ho. That's it. We, yeah, 399-9646, 314-399-Yo-ho. It is Luke Bryan. <laughs> did not sound good. <laughs> and um, I think Matthew may or may not have a trivia question for you. Actually, we're going to change it up a little bit Ooh. here. I thought of a good idea for a grab bag giveaway. So oh. this is this. Brooke doesn't 
have to pick a pick her hand in, into a, into the the Fen Barn Grill hat this time to pick up the topic. I thought of a good one-off topic that I'm going to throw a book. She's going to have 30 seconds wow. to name as many artists who have appeared in a Super Bowl halftime <laughs> show <laughs> as she so can. Sorry. And now again, this is not the headlining artist. Like the, anybody like that's appeared. last night, there would be four or five eligible answers total wow. going through all the Super Bowl halftime shows back to the mid 80s when they actually started putting like real people so with names. So Snow White doesn't count. No, no, about the mid 80s. Yeah. I counted about 85 different names that wow. Brooke could name here. So the question is in 30 seconds, how many Super Bowl halftime performing artists can Brooke Grimsley name? You just need to text into the show with your guess of how many different Halftime Super Bowl halftime artist can Brooke name to 314-399-9646-314-399. Yellow. And guess how many Brooke's gonna list here in 30 seconds? Brooke, you feeling confident about this one? You're a big you're a big um, pop you're a big pop music fan. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate all genres of music, but I don't wanna I don't know. I'm very excited right now because we were talking about probability earlier mm-hmm. and expected goals. Yeah. Now I feel like now I can experience this where go. you have the expectations for me on what I'll be able to do. So I don't wanna I don't wanna do, do it too to high. What, my algorithm actually kicked out a number for it. What? You want to know what it is? What? The algorithm says an X 17.2. I was thinking 17 and a half. <laughs> okay. Sometimes well, the, the algorithm thir- the works. 30 seconds goes by a lot quicker than you think. Don't think about the 30 seconds. Just think about names. Are you ready, Brooke? We, uh, have, the, we have plenty of guesses in. Okay. Are you ready, Brooke? Okay, Grimsley? let me set my timer, too. All right. She's got two timers working here. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Usher, Jermaine, Jermaine Dupree, uh, Beyonce, Rihanna, Alicia Keys, Will I Am, Ludacris, um, the rest of Destiny's Child, um, I'm, 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 Kelly Rowland, Katy Perry. Did I already say Beyonce? Yes. I did. Okay. Prince, Michael Jackson. I'm already blanket. Shakira, uh, Katy Perry. You already did that. Rolling Stones. Uh, but, 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 I'm missing somebody. Time. Oh, I didn't right. do as Not good bad. as I thought. No, 13. Was, yeah. That wasn't bad, good. Brooke. That wasn't bad at oh, all. Okay. Madonna. Yeah, you got 13. Oh. We said 17. That's not bad at all. But then I was yeah. trying to like envision Shakira was with J-Lo. Yes. I forgot about that. Bruno Mars, U2, Paul McCartney. Oh, yes. Coldplay. Coldplay. Yes. Uh, Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Justin oh, yeah, Timberlake has been in two different ones. Janet Nelly's Jackson. been in two different ones as a oh, yeah, uh, supporting performer. P. Diddy's Ooh. been in two different ones as a supporting performer. Was he P. Diddy in both of them? Um, you know what? He might not have been. You're correct about that. (laughs) Um, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige was a few years ago. Uh, The Weeknd, Bad Bunny. There's a lot. Oh. Trying to think here. You said no, um, uh, no doubt Shania Twain, Sting. Trying to think who else. A lot of them. I forgot. Now I'm disappointed in myself, guys. I'm sorry. Um, Phil Collins. Mary J. Blige was in way You could do them all in 30 seconds. There's no No. But I think 13 is a pretty good, 13 is a very good number, bro. Are you kidding me? Did I forget somebody from her? I forgot to mention her from yesterday's performance because I got oh, yeah. I got uh-huh. most of the people in yesterday's performance because that was that was quite a bit. So that helped out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I had got, Usher, Jermaine Dupri, her. Six. You said and you said Ludacris as well. Ludacris, mm-hmm. Alicia yeah. Keys, Will I Am. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty darn impressive. I'm I'm proud of you. Okay. Nicely done, Brooke Grimsley. 13s. Yeah. Yeah, I could have done better. No, I, I had my I had, remember expected goals. My expected goals were higher than that. I 
I was expected mm-hmm. to have 17, and I fell short. This is why I don't believe in probabilities like that. There you go. Good. <laughs> it's just a math thing. No. So did we have a 13, though, that texted in? Um, oh, have... and then somebody, David Pitts, on yes, the YouTube chat, Snoop, exactly Dr. Dre, Eminem. I'm oh, yeah. so disappointed in myself that I forgot that. It's, it's, it happens in a hurry. Life comes at you fast. Gosh, Randy. Man. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Those were all in one Super Bowl. So if you just forget one halftime show, that's five artists that you're not going to remember off the top of your head. Yeah. Because that was all, all in one. Okay. And you, Best halftime There's a lot of very show. random people. Yep. It's Prince. Thank uh, you. I agree. Question. Yes. Does yesterday's Super Bowl lead you into a funk because, F-U-N-K, funk, because you don't have football now for about six months? So you've got the rest of February, March, NFL football, April, May, June, July, and so five months, and then you get to see the preseason. Forget about that. So six months without NFL football, but we do, starting March 30th, have I was going to say, we have the Battle Hawks coming up. are you at all depressed today because at least for the next month and a half, you have no football whatsoever? Does that affect you at all? Yes, because I miss college football, and I miss NFL I, I really do. I, I say miss, like it literally just ended yesterday. Sorry, that was a little dramatic. But mm-hmm. yes, I already miss it because it's so much fun. I love all the stories that come out every single week. It, it's exciting to watch. Luckily, we do have baseball season, but still it kind of takes a little bit before we get into the actual season. I mean, spring training doesn't really get you going as much as the regular season. And then when spring training is followed by 10 and 24, that's not so great either. Randy, no, don't say that. I'm just referring to last year. (laughs) Last year was not fun. Oh, that won't happen again. Okay, good. This has always been blasphemy, and I'll I'll just, I'll say it again, though, like, when pitchers and catchers reporting, reported, for me, that would meant that the NFL offseason was getting started. And I was happy. And I was like, all right, we got free agency. We got the draft. Let's get going here. We got we got draft. We got depth charts to look at. Yeah, I love the offseason in the NFL when, when when there was a team here. I, I'm I'm the biggest draft nerd in the world when, they, when we had a team here. And so not having that anymore gives me a lot of free time. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not watching offensive linemen tape nearly as much as I used no, to. No, those were the but days. But I, I I miss that. I miss watching Jake Matthews tapes and getting progressively more angry that they weren't going to draft him. Me too. Yeah, but they did get Greg Robinson. They got 20-year-old G. Robin. He's going to he's going to get a whole lot better. He's a smart guy. He's an entrepreneur. I was wondering how quickly you were going to Brandy. How quickly you were going to take that turn. He's, he's all about education and improving one's financial status. No. Oh, I miss little John. I'm trying to segue away from this. I'm, I miss little John as little, well. Little John. It's not little, little John. John. It's little. John. Little John. Yeah. I would not have little been able to John. name 13. I am so bad little at naming Little John Paul. and Little Wayne. I am so bad at naming like artists off the top of my head like that. Would you have I would given have up with nine. people who did like 10 of them? Would you have given up with people as one of the legits? Because they did so many halftimes? Who? Up with people. Up, up with people. Like for the first 10, for, of the first 15 Super Bowls, up with people did like 10 of them. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was... How was that? Uh, um, it was not great, but Snow White was also one of them. I think. I think the Snow- there was a th- oh, I'm googling. There this was right a three-year span. There was a, there were three Super Bowls where two out of the three years, Carol Channing was one of the main people. <laughs> oh, wow, how lovely! Show. That's great. What was the worst Super Bowl performance? I- oh, it had to be one of the Up with Peoples. Okay. Yeah. Outside of that, like maybe if we do like more recent well, in the last twenty years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but 1990. 1990- well, no, that would be. Yeah. 92s got blown out by. Like they played a an episode, a, a sitcom episode got played in in 
uh, competition with the Super Bowl oh, halftime yeah? show. Oh, that's and right. It yeah. blew out the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah. and that's why Michael Jackson does 1993. Right. It's because yeah. they said we can't do this anymore. And 1992 was. Um, a salute to the winter season and the Winter Olympics featuring Gloria Stefan, Brian Boitano, and Dorothy Hamill. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so I Googled lovely. I Googled the Rolling Stone has an article where it's the worst Super Bowl halftime mm-hmm. performances. 36 is the Black Eyed Peas in 2011. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that one. And then 35 is everything from 1967 to 1989. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and, and hey, you two sucked. It was the worst. I hate you two. <laughs> I love any moment we can find a way to bring up your hatred for you too. That was the that was the blank and worst. They were put in 1988. They put on Chubby Checker. That's just in 1988. Chubby Checker was the main headliner for a Super Bowl halftime show. I don't remember this one. In 2000, Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. A tapestry of nations is what they call it. Lovely. Great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, did you have fun today? I did. Good. Danny Mack will be with us tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Brooke, are you going to be here tomorrow, or are you going to have a cold? (laughs) It's allergies for me. Allergy season for I've already started my Claritin, but yeah, it's hitting me hard right now. Balloon party coming up. Josh Ennis will be with you, and then BK and Ferrario, followed by the Fast Lane with... Anthony and Carrie know Jamie today. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Monday, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Tire and Auto Centers.